Hey, this is Chuck Dixon, and you're listening to Signal of Doom. Well, you know, for me, the action is the juice. I'm in. Hello and welcome to Signal of Doom. It's episode 344. It's our seventh year anniversary. And I'd like to welcome the main man, Rich. Rich, how are you? Oh, you're talking to a zombie at the moment, Dave. Talking to an absolute zombie. You have been through the wars in the last, I would say, month or so, Rich. It has not been happy camping for you. Rich is in the middle of a move. He was telling me about it before the show. It just reminds me of how much I hate moving and what... An awful time I had. Not, I mean, it's if I had to nail it down, it's it's the sheer manual packing and getting shit, and then there's also the financial. It's expensive and it's time expensive too. Like the whole thing sucks. I think. Oh, geez, yes. I mean, geez, would I love to just take a week off from work and get it all done? Sure, but got to work while you try and cram this movie in and then you don't realize how much shit you actually own until it's time sure. to pack it up and then you pack up and you pack up and you pack up and you're like i don't feel like i'm making a dent <laughs> jesus and you're packing for two these days aren't you rich yeah 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 used to be Love just a solo shit. album but these days Love shit too. <laughs> i love it i love it so it's seven years rich um we've been doing signal you've been around i would say for mm, maybe I think four three. and a half no, yeah, I think, four years, I think. Four, I think more like four, yeah. I yeah. know Stu did a hundred, um, and he, literally almost exactly a hundred. Um, well, I think yeah, that's about two years, isn't it? Yeah, and then we, we had a couple of, we had a bit of Tash, we had a little bit of Connor, but not much, and then um, you've been, you are the longest running co-host easily, actually, when you think about it. Um, Ooh, and I've a been blessing on, or a curse? What about <laughs> me? I'm just here all the time. <laughs> I don't, I don't even count myself. You're, like, you're a permanent fixture. I'm a permanent fixture. I'm part of the furniture. But um, I do want to thank all our listeners um, who've stuck with us, and we've certainly grown the audience a lot as the years have gone by. But from the very beginning, we had a rock-solid, um, you know, base, and, you know, people – obviously people come and go, and sometimes I'm sad when people um, – I love new listeners, and but you know, sad in a in a good way. Like I, I know not everyone sticks around for an episode, but like we've had a lot of listeners who've come in. I want to thank everybody who does, um, and the Patreons. Um, Michael Kellershim, um, our chief patron, he's the one who alerted me to seven years, because I wouldn't have thought it was seven years, but he 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 has the data and um, he knows what's happening. So thank you to all the patrons, and um, and look, if you ever want to support the show. Um, give us a like and a follow on your on your podcast app, and um, you know, give us give us a five star rating. And if you really enjoy the content, um, there's more content on the Patreon feed. Um, we've got another Sinner of Doom coming up. We're going to have more stuff rolling out over the next you know few months. So yeah, uh, Patreon.com/slash/SignalOfDoom. Um, support the show for little as the price of a cup of coffee. It is highly appreciated by me and Richard. Now. Um, Michael asked, where is Dave's $250 million Spotify deal? I agree. Where is it? Uh, I'd certainly take Don't the fu- me. I'd certainly take the fucking money. Um, that's for sure. And they're like, oh, we're going to give you, you know, 250 but you have to do it every day. I'd be like, fine. <laughs> I'd be like, yeah, no worries. I'll, I'll, like, I'll do an hour a day. Seriously. If that's what it takes. And, you know, they want to back that Only an hour a day? But every day. 
Because if you think okay. about it, like Signal, our, sta- our between you and I, we do three hours n- nearly every show. Occasionally you'll get one where we do two and a half, but we usually do three and a few minutes. It's it's always after my edits. It's always right around three. That's a lot of content. Um, if I did an hour a day, you know, let's assume I did you know five or six days a week. That's that's five or six hours of content. But I'm getting two hundred fifty million dollars, man. That's that's the. I'm key. just going to let the listeners know all that editing. He cuts out all those bobs that I give him. Ugh, no, my editing <laughs> process is. I have a very loose editing process, Richard, and uh, I know. Always when I have to cut something out because generally you or I, either one of us, we're both guilty, say something and I'm like, mm, we're going to have to edit that one out, you know, because, <laughs> but I have a very loose policy, my friend. I'm sure that like some people who listen to the show are like, I can't believe they just said that. I'm like, yeah, believe it. Believe, hey, we were holding back. <laughs> I got it. I mean, if, if half the shit you, that you live in, I'd, I'd, I'd I hate to think of uh, what it must sound like if you cut it. Because <laughs> it's not like we hold bunches. No, no, exactly, man. And neither should we, man. Like, let's face it. Nothing, nothing, um, something I particularly hate is, I hate corporate babble always, but what I, it's not even just PC, but just stuff that is so vanilla and without any flavour and just so meaningless. I'm like, who cares about that kind of content? You know, it's just so drivel, basically. And there's plenty of it out there in the media landscape. There's plenty of it. There's plenty of opinion pieces, too, and hit pieces and stuff. But there is this, like, very bland style, which still exists, you know. And I just, I question why, you know. Well, I don't know. It's, it's similar like the line. I mean, something like, you know, something my dad always told me when he was younger is that, like, like he didn't teach me that, you know, you shouldn't lie because it's wrong or something like that. He always just said... It's just hard to keep to keep track of your lies if you're pretending or you're lying or you you know That's what I true. mean like if you're trying to like say the right thing, then you're constantly always having to try and remember yeah. stuff. Whereas if you just shoot from the hip, be honest. That's it. You never have to worry. About it. But that's kind of the same with like these people who are fake or trying to have an opinion that's PC or like safe. Is that you've got to keep remembering what's the safe like? Yeah version or what can you say now what can you and i go that was just, honestly that would be even more taxing to me than manual labor <laughs> i I, like, I yeah i found something the other day you mentioned to me i think he's a youtube personality mr beast are you familiar with yeah. this guy? yeah you mentioned this to me and i he, he's been cropping up in my fucking social media feeds um what is the obsession with this guy? Because he seems as lame as shit to me. Like, uh, I don't know. I think it's just the free money, man. He gives. He just yeah, he gives yeah, away so like, much money. That's that's what everyone he loves. He gives about away him. money, but like he makes them fucking beg for it. Like it's hilarious. Like, and he's he's lauded as some kind of saint. I saw, and I was like, he's literally one step away from the Roman Empire putting the gladiators. Like he was like, do this and this and this and this and this and this and this. And I'm going to give you some money. And I'm like, is anyone else thinking this is a little off? And- yeah, look, the problem for me is uh, I can't deny that he does good things with the money, right? Like when he right. helps people who are blind and right. like whatever. I can't deny that what he's doing with the money isn't good. Right. The problem is, is I just don't know. You know, when people do things... For- like how he makes money is by monetizing his generosity, right. which means he has to do it to make. You know what I mean? 
to make money. It's kind of like he's so then it kind of still makes it feel a little bit seedy to me, like a he, little bit he's more making transactional. Pl- he's business. making plenty. He's making fucking plenty. But that's what I mean. Like he's doing good with the money, but to but to get more money, he's getting more money from the good that he's doing. Like I don't know. I don't want to be one of those like prudes just like oh clutching my pills. But there's just I don't know. There's something a little bit for me off that I just can't quite put my finger well, on. Well, I'll, I'll to, put what it is. It's very performative. And it's like... Yeah, to be fair, we live in such a performative fucking world these we days. We do, man, but like... YouTube I saw this thing on Twitter with him telling all these fucking idiots like what they had to do to, to, be qual- to qualify for maybe getting some money. And I was like, this is like almost sickening to me. But like, and also can well, I say... It, it seems like, it's like a PC version of uh, bum fights. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. You know what I mean? Like, well, I'm, like when yeah. you make people do degrading things to get money. Yeah, exactly. Like, um, yeah, like the thing, one of the things I saw was he's like, what if you had to live in a room with no access to anything else, like media-wise, for like uh, three months or something, and at the end of it, if you, and with someone else, um, a stranger, and at the end of it, if, you know, you get like a million dollars or whatever the fucking price tag was, and and like stuff like that. And I'm like, this is just hmm. like lab experiment stuff, and weirdly, though, he's worshipped, I saw, from what I saw. Like, yeah. it also seems uh, as yeah. creepy as fuck. Can I just say that? Like, Yeah. As I said, I'm not, yeah, I don't, I don't want to be one of those, like, you know, oh, you know, how dare, but I don't know. Like, again, I can't deny that he's, that technically he's doing good. I just, there's just something about it I don't. Yeah, like, I, I, I'm, like I, I don't trust. I don't trust him at all. At all, like at all, I, I I had a really bad vibe off this guy, and believe you me, I had no idea who he was, and and it came up on my Twitter feed or X feed, and I was like, and then I was like, I think you'd mentioned this guy to me once or something, and his stupid name, Mister Beast, is why I remembered it. There just seems to be something really weird about this guy, and um, yeah, all I can say is I don't know. He's apparently really big, Rich. Am I right? He's huge, man. I think yeah. he's uh, he might even be bigger than PewDiePie at this stage. Another fuckwit, you know? Like, God, I hate these YouTube fucks. Like, I tell you the one I really hate. Because, okay, this Mr. Beast guy, he seemed like a creep. But, yeah, okay, I guess technically he's at least giving some money away, whatever. But the fucker that I hate is Logan Paul and his brother. I'm praying oh, for the, the Paul fucking, brothers, whatever. I fucking hate people. those guys, man. They are gigantic fuckwits, and I'm praying for the day one of them is foolish enough to step into the ring with Mike Tyson, and Mike Tyson just decimates them. You know, mm. because, and I know well, Mike Tyson's the, past the his prime. These, the, these people is they've they've monetized kids, mm. like like even Mr. Beast. I think you know the reason he also became this massive popular thing just mm. from the start was. Their content skews very young. Right, okay. You know what I mean? And, you know, again, Mr. Beast, I think he started off also doing, like, weird things on, you know, online, doing crazy challenges and stuff and built up. And then he started making money. And, yes, then, obviously, he was like, hey, this is a business. I can make money. I can then, you know. Yeah. Because, you know, I don't know. Like, when rich people do things charity, you you can't help but think, like, write-offs or money laundering or something (laughs) like that. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's hard not to do that because that's what all rich people do. It's why they're so generous. Um, Yeah, I mean, yeah, like... You know how generous they are. But those guys, yeah, they made it big because of, like, teenagers, man. Like, 13-year-olds, 12-year-olds. I fucking hate that Logan Paul and his stupid brother 
now consider themselves boxers and have these fights that are fucking Oh, no, I think one does wrestling, though, not boxing, I think. Well, whatever, but, like, one of them does boxing. And, I, I mean, they're roided up to fucking high heaven, by the way, as well. Of course. Yeah, and, like, they issue these challenges to kind of over-the-hill boxers, you know, for a payday, basically, is what I, from what I analysis. The boxers are not going to put in the effort. It's just they just need to pick up to get the paycheck. They get the paycheck, It's yeah. not a real boxing fight. But I, I pray, I pray they're foolish enough to pay Mike Tyson because Mike Tyson might, <laughs> might sort them out, you know, seriously. Like, you, you, like, seriously, like, you don't know what Mike Tyson is going to do when he gets in a ring, you know, like, in that exhibition fight yeah, he had. Yeah. Well, in that exhibition fight he had, uh, like, a year or two ago, he fought another kind of over-the-hill guy, but he was... I mean, he was landing some serious hits on that guy, and then they mm. kind of dulled it down because they're like, seriously, he's going to fucking destroy this guy, you know? And then it was like, oh, well, well let's slow it down because it's only an exhibition. But I'm telling you, I, I mean, I know it's like... Like, it's like wrestling. I know that there's a... What do you call it, Rich, when it's like they're playing up the hype, you know, the beefs or whatever the fuck you call it. Like, they're, they're, that's how they're it's doing it. It's theatre. Yeah, it's theatre, man, but, like, it's still boxing. Theatrical, so. whatever you want to call but it. Like, it's... I'm praying for that they actually get in the ring. They're foolish enough to get in the ring for a proper fight with a proper boxer. who's Someone who's not fucking over the uh, hill. Mate, they're never going to do that. Oh, Come God, on. I hope they do. Because I, I, I genuinely I hate this. I shouldn't guys. say that. They might do that if they start believe, like if they keep doing these believe they're hype. not really boxing matches and start getting a big head and yeah. thinking that they're actual boxers. They may be stupid enough to do it, but that, right now I don't for. think they're stupid enough to do. Yeah, it. that's what I'm hoping for because they're the ones I truly detest. Those two morons. Because unfortunately, I've had the misfortune of seeing a few of their things on YouTube when it's kind of made the more mainstream news or whatever, and I just I'm like fuck, I hate them. And also, can I say? Is it legal to, if you're not in a, I mean, clearly they're not fighting for a proper title. You know what I mean? Like they're fighting for the fucking YouTube title or whatever, but a, a real recognized belt. Are they allowed to roid up as much as they want? Like, or is that illegal? I, I never know. No, that's illegal. No, no, no. It you is can't illegal. roid up for a boxing match. But they are, clearly. Have you seen the, their physiques? Yeah, but not for mate, they don't care about exhi like exhibitions. Not a real no, box. Right. It's, it's not real. It's not. It's not. Um, That's what I'm saying. Uh, no, no, yeah, but it's not like um, professional. Yeah. Uh, boxing for like a belt or a championship. It's just it's a farce. So right. who cares? I fucking hate it. Like I seriously fucking hate it. And yeah, and, you know, all I'll say is, kids, do not watch these fucks. You know, because they that's all they are, man. They're they're, they're Little scumbags who somehow made it big. These two fucking brothers, and I, I, I just pray for the day that someone delivers that fucking George Foreman fucking hit to the face and they go down. You know, because it could happen, man. Like, you, you, if you're, if you're a, let's say you're a boxer of some note, and you retired ten years ago, and you're pretty good. Like, let you know, you're, you're a decent fucking hitter. You're a contender, whatever. You hop in the ring with one of these young punks, you'd be talking a lot of trash, I bet, as well. Um, I can, I bet some boxers will say, fuck this, and just deliver one to them through their, well, I'm sure their fucking shoddy defense, you know? Because I bet you they come in. I saw a bit of Logan Paul boxing, and it was a fucking farce. He was just throwing the most, I mean, I'm no boxing connoisseur, but I, I, I saw it, and I was like, that is awful, what he's doing. 
you know like it was wild shots man you know what i mean like it was like it was it was seriously it was like something you would watch in a like a comedy almost like he was you know instead of boxing and jabbing and this and that it was just like wildly flying at the other guy and mm. like i mean i was like is this for real like you know and i i didn't sense there was a lot of power behind his punches even really um, he, he certainly wasn't connecting very often. Um, yeah, but again, this, this, so even though he lost, he's, there's this video online of him riding back in the limousine, and he's like, oh, 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 I can't believe I lost. <laughs> I, well, I got $3 million, <laughs> but I lost. <laughs> yeah. But I got $3 million. <laughs> so he's fake crying yeah. that he lost the boxing right. match, but then laughing that yeah. he still made, like, what, fucking $3 million or whatever. Oh, fuck him. You know, so it's not re- it's not serious, man. Yeah. Not, it's not. It's just, a, it's just it's a farce. It's but a, would you like to see someone drop them? I would like everyone so they get rich. But who's paying for all this? That's what I don't understand. Like yeah, people thinking, people like you thinking that he's going to get his head knocked off, right? Pay to see it, and it's not a real fucking boxing so match, it, and he's laughing all the way to the bank. It's like a pay per view, is it? Is that what it is? Yeah. Right. So people are actually paying to watch this shit. Well, again, a lot of people probably paid to so see him. Yeah. So he's paid to the paper, go, oh, but it was he's a boxer now. And then other people like you, I yeah. fucking hate Logan Paul. I'm going to pay. I want to watch him get his fucking, I want to watch a boxer knock his head off. And nothing Man, G-boxing's fallen a long way, like, in terms of the, the, the sort of, um, I don't know. It just feels like it's become, I, it's always had an element of theatrics and stuff. But at the end of the day, when guys got in there, they made a fucking business, and you know when the when the bell rang, and and now we've got these clowns, like, mm. and and they're stealing the publicity as well, like. Yeah, yeah. and you got to remember that boxing is really competing against MMA now, like yeah, against yeah, yeah, yeah. the True. UFC. So you know they've got to do something to sure. Well, or like, to, yeah. To perk things up or, I'm, or, I'm you know. praying that Iron Mike gets in the fucking ring and just gives them because he, <laughs> I, I saw some of his work. And he can still hit. Obviously, he doesn't have the stamina that he had. Yes. Yeah, he doesn't have well, the stamina that he used to have. He, he, and he never had the stamina to begin with in his career. True. He was definitely a, a mean machine, so he would have even less stamina now. Yeah, but like... He, Unless he's been practicing. I don't know. Like, he has been training well, a lot. Well, lots of I, have been training yeah, no, he's, he's in a lot better shape than he was a few years ago. But he's also, what, mid-50s, you know? Um and sure, but what I'm saying is that because in his youth he focused on raw power, speed and power, yeah, he didn't really have any endurance. Whereas now, maybe been older, maybe he's gone, okay, well, I've, I'm a, I've lost speed in the power, so I have to work on my endurance, yeah, and be smarter. So he might actually be better or fitter endurance wise now than he was when he was younger because he's actually building it. It's not like these Logan Paul fights go 12 rounds, I think they're like. A few, only a few rounds. I don't think they're. Oh shit! Yeah, it'd be three yeah. to five. I think at the maximum. Yeah, it's just which, which by the way, because I, I don't mind watching some boxing, like, but like, it, but, you know, unless you're talking about a Mike Tyson comes out and knocks the guy down in the first round. I mean, a lot of times the first round or two, there's just a lot of like little jabs and there might be a little bit of work done. I mean, I've watched a lot of boxing where it's not decided in the first couple of rounds. You know what I mean? Mm. Like, you get deeper into the fight. Um, shit can happen. I mean, look, I know, like, I'm not going to pretend I'm one of these guys who's, like, um, an expert, but I'm also not one of these, oh, I can't believe they're still boxing so barbaric. Yeah, it is kind of barbaric, but that's kind of the appeal, you know? Like, mm-hmm. like that is part of the appeal. Like, the 
it's yeah, it's fucking dangerous. I wouldn't want my child to do it. Yeah, but someone has to do it. You know, so, so you know, like I fucking think they're very brave. I'll, I'll give them that. Like they're braver than me. You know what I mean to get in there and, and do the business. I don't know. I, enough about it, but like I pray for the day where someone just really clocks either one of these fucks because I they're both as bad as each other. I saw. I mean, what do you call it? Like, it wasn't a press conference, but it was kind of like, you know when they do the thing where they they sort of meet each other outside and and Logan Paul's brother was mouthing off. And, the, and I think he actually copped a, a bit of a blow, but it was kind of staged, but it was like, I was just like, really, this is what it's come down to? Like, we're fighting in the parking lot kind of thing before the fight now? And it's being televised, you know? Mm. Like, is this Rocky Five? <laughs> Tommy Gunn and Rocky out in the street. It was such a low moment for Rocky. It was a very low moment for Rocky. Yeah, Tommy Gunn doesn't fight in the street. But it was a low moment. But, like, now we're seeing it, like, technically in real life. You know, even though I know it's kind of staged, it's actually happening. And, and these idiots um, are making money off it, which really annoys me. Now, getting away from that topic, I don't know how I got onto it. But, um... I rewatched. We mentioned the Alamo last week with Tash. Um, obviously, the original 1960 John Wayne classic. But I went back last night, actually, and rewatched the 2004 Alamo with Billy Bob Thornton as mm-hmm. Davy Crockett, uh, Jason Patrick as Jim Bowie, um, the guy whose name I never remember from Aquaman and Watchmen as um, Travis. You know the guy, the blonde Aquaman. guy. He's Aquaman's brother in Aquaman 2. Yeah. He's, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Patrick so, yeah, yeah. Wilson. Patrick and, Wilson. And uh, he was in those uh, horror movies. Uh, yeah. Patrick Wilson is his name. And I only know mm. that because my sister looked it up while watching Aquaman. And he plays Travis. Now, I'm going to give my review. It is very interesting because they Me? do... How old is he? Who? That actor, if he was in this movie 20 years ago, he looks really good for his age. He does look How good for his age. How old is he in the movie? Oh, he's young. Like, he'd be... Not that young, though. He would have been, I, I guarantee you, in his mid-20s. Um, wow, so he's got to be 50. He looks fucking good if he's, like, well, he was in, 50. he was in Watchmen, I remember. He played the Night Owl. Yeah, yeah, but there he, like, he put on some weight and... Yeah, they no, he's definitely, he's definitely thinner. And, if you look at me in Aquaman, he looks like he's only, like, what, 38? Yeah, no, he looks good for his age. That's, yeah, he definitely does. Um, yeah, and anyway, so rewatched it. Now, the positives from it. I think it's really interesting that they do a darker angle and there's a bit more character work in the likes of Davy Crockett. I think Billy Bob Thornton is excellent, actually. In, in fairness, he is excellent as Davy Crockett. He's so believable and he plays the man, not the myth, but he's aware of the myth, and he manages to walk a fine line. I think, actually, he does a really good job. Um, much better than John Wayne, who was just so fucking cheesy. But he was great, but, like, it's a much more nuanced performance by uh, Billy Bob Thornton, and he is really mm. the standout in the film. Now, the guy who plays Travis is fine in both. <laughs> Let's face it, Travis is fine in both. Um, Jason Patrick is good as Jim Bowie. Um, and you know he has that good death scene when he's when he's like um in the in the bed you know which is real is what really happened he was he was dying of consumption and he he mm. fought them in his bed and I read his mother said I I I dare say they will find no wounds in his back 
um, meaning he just he just faced death down. Um, now that's the positives from it, and it is it is an interesting movie, but it's also a very poorly paced movie. And I tell you who's awful: Dennis Quaid as uh, General Houston. He is he is so bad. He's like he's he's the general who's not at the Alamo and he eventually beats Santa Ana after the Alamo and mm. so you sort of see him building the forces and blah blah he's really bad and I normally don't mind Dennis Quaid but he try. it's very rare that he's bad you know why because you know how normally he delivers a very like Kevin Costner they just deliver their normal performance every single fucking time you know what I mean like it's like here's Dennis Quaid doing his Dennis Quaid he's fine and I agree I normally like him in this, he's trying to act rich, and um, he's trying to he's trying to do. It's like he's trying to do an impersonation in like a skit of like a serious general. It's really off-putting, and um, uh, it's it complete with like bushy eyebrows and weird facial expressions, and he's he's awful. Um, he's not in it much, but whenever he's in it, it's so jarring. And okay. he does get, at the end, um, he does get the scene where he says, remember the Alamo. And I think it's interesting as well that they show the battle against Santa Ana when they've arranged their forces and they draw him and draw him and draw him deeper into their ground and then they defeat him in 18 minutes. And I, I mean, I thought that was interesting because for historical context, it was nice to see that rather than it just be at the end of the film in writing. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Yeah. Um, so I enjoyed that. The, the, it is needlessly almost dull for the first... The, the setup of the film, it, it's more, almost more like a TV miniseries where they're just slowly moving all the pieces into play. And the stuff with David Crockett and Jim Bowie is really interesting, but there's other stuff in it that's not, like the political stuff with General Houston and blah, 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 making Texas uh, whatever, like trying to make Texas a country or whatever they're doing. Like, it, it, it takes away from the impact but overall, as a film, I, I really did enjoy it and found it um, interesting. You know, it was one of the biggest flops ever for Disney. Like, it made no money when it came out. Like, it cost a lot to make. Um, it's apparently one of Disney's, you know, the studio's biggest ever flops because it made no money and it cost, like, a couple hundred million. So they were like... Yeah, I told John Carter... You I mean. was about to say that uh, before John Carter. Now, it was... Some would say, it, I think what's interesting is this movie comes out in 2004. It's like three years after September 11. Um, there's less, there is a bit of flag waving, but a hell of a lot less than the John Wayne. <laughs> like, <laughs> and I honestly think it could have probably done with a little bit more, even though the character stuff is so good. I really like that, that line where, where he's like talking to Jim Bowie. Um, Billy Bob, and he says, you know, some people can leave because the siege isn't that fucking great. People are leaving and coming constantly in this film until the end, like out of the Alamo. And mm. Jim Bowie goes and gives a man some ideas, doesn't it? And I like it when um, David Crockett looks at him and then finally says, oh, if I was just plain simple David from Missouri, I could hop over these walls and sneak away. But David Crockett, everyone's eyes are on me. Everyone, everyone's eyes are on him. And he goes, mm. he goes I can't go anywhere. And... It's really interesting, like that kind of stuff, but there's a bit too much almost 
painfully slow scene setting in the first almost like third to half of the film and then it kicks up like it's actually really quite entertaining and good and it ends with a really good scene after the victory over Santa Ana um they go back to they do a shot of the Alamo like in the dark you know kind of thing like but with like the sun slowly I'm not sure either slowly rising or setting but a bit of sunlight and it's got David Crockett on his like um kind of what is I don't know if it's a violin but whatever he's always playing that like a what's a banjo Rich I don't even know what a banjo actually is but maybe it's a banjo but it's like a violin like a little violin banjo is I'm not even sure what a banjo is like it's it's a round little guitar thing that goes no no, it's not that it's more of a violin but a small violin you know, I, there's a word for what it is, but whatever. Oh, know what a he is. cradles it all the time, and he play like he plays those kind of like songs around the campfire, and he's playing a very slow one. It's almost like the ghost of David Crockett looking over the Alamo, which is, I think, a really nice ending for the movie. I mean, overall, it's like a seven out of ten with some bits I really like, but it's let down by poor pacing, um, mm. and really like. It's trying to be so serious all the time. Like, it's like, you know, the original classic was such a, you know, jingoistic kind of, like, patriotic thing. And whereas this one is it's a bit of that, but there's also a bit of, like, um, I don't know, the war is hell. You know what I mean, Rich? That kind of thing. Like, it's like... Yeah, well, the, yeah, the one is... Um, well, here's the funny thing. Even though both are technically nihilistic events... Yeah. Like, the first movie is more about like um kind of hope yeah because they're holding it off and and the second one is literally all about the the nihilism is all about like almost like the you know fertility you know fertility and all that sort of stuff of it like it's it's the same subject matter but through two different lenses yeah which is interesting you know like anyway but i also found it interesting why do you think it bombs so badly is it just that maybe have have we outgrown the myth, or is it that um, post nine eleven world wasn't ready for it? Like, what do you think? Oh shit! Yeah, it. Oh, fuck, I couldn't even tell you why. I mean, uh, it's interesting because it know, could be maybe also the casting as well. You know what I mean? Because you got to remember, like at that time, mm. I wouldn't say that Billy Bob Thornton was like this massive movie draw. He's good you know, at it, though. He, is, he yeah, is good at it. Yeah, I'm not saying he's not. I'm not saying Billy Bob's not a good actor, but he's not like... Yeah. He's he's not like a, a movie star yeah. that will bring in. And there isn't really... There wasn't really a movie star at the head of this. No. Like, the first movie, he's got John Wayne. Sure, yeah. Like, he's it's John Wayne. It's the Duke. You're going to go, watch fucking John Wayne? We're going to watch John Wayne. Yes, maybe you were trying to push Billy Bob, but he wasn't... He's not a... Yeah. He's not a Tom Cruise, you know what I mean? He's not a... Yeah. Uh, I'm just trying to even think of names around that time. Um, like a Will Smith would have been around that time huge, I guess, you know, like... Yeah. Obviously, Will Smith would have been... But he's, he's not one of those big-name, like, celebrity actors that just draw people in almost no matter what movie it is. So True. I think what hurt the movie... It's the same, that same thing happened with John Carter. Yeah, with Taylor Kitsch. Right? Yeah, there wasn't really any big names in that movie, dude. Like... You know, because again, sometimes you've even just got to have the bad guy, or yeah. even like the secondary character. You, but you need a big name. Like even George Lucas knew that. It's why in the original Star Wars, mm. you got Sir Alec Guinness. Yes. Yeah. 
Because you need name, you know, you need like this name Someone. recognition. Oh my god, that's Sir, Sir Alec Guinness. Like, yeah, he's a fucking legendary actor. Yeah, or if he's in this movie, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like they both movies fell in that same trap where they forgot to get the movie stop. That is going to, you know, and that's what sometimes you do get a bit of false trailering sometimes where they try and make it look like an actor's in a movie more than they oh, are yeah. because they are a big name or something like that. But you do need it. You need that name recognition that's going to get bums in seats. And then you you can convince them that maybe someone else is a good actor. Because you know what I mean? Maybe you get that name and then more people go watch the movie and then other people, then they come out going, shit, Billy Bob's yeah. actually a fucking great actor. Yeah, true, true, true. Well, I was almost thinking that we're... In first. I almost thought they were relying on the Alamo. You know, because it's so famous in America, yeah. especially. Well, guess, guess what? You can't take a risk on Billy Bob on, like, say, Bad Santa. I feel like Bad Santa is where people started going, "Oh, Billy Bob is like, yeah, an act." But but that's a smaller, lower budget movie. Yeah, yeah. that you know is is it like a Christmas? And Jason Patrick is not Yeah, so people might go watch it. But again, a big budget blockbuster. You don't have a big name. No, no, no. Yeah, and right, Jason Patrick's certainly not gonna cause a rush to the cinema. He's a character actor, mm. you know. Um, and again, Dennis Quaid is like yeah. a, a stable. He's been in a lot of movies, but he's, again, he's not like the holy shit. It's Dennis Quaid. I got to go watch uh, Dennis Quaid. It, in it's movie. almost like the Hallmark Channel called the once Dennis Quaid back. You know, um, <laughs> you know what I mean. Again, I love Dennis Quaid, but I again, he's not. He, I don't, I don't pick a movie just because Dennis Quaid's in it. No, no, no. And I, in general, like him. He's but very bad in this movie, but in general, I like him. And you're right. He's kind of just more a steady performer. You know what I mean? Like. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's interesting. Anyway, I, I thought it was an interesting movie to watch. I certainly enjoyed it. Now, um, signal abductions. In this week, have you moving, Rich? Have you managed to get anything, or is it just all... Oh, Jesus Christ. I've been buying stuff. his fucking boxes and yeah, Rich is a, tape. Rich's Rich abductions are boxes and packing tape. And and fatigue. <laughs> Actually, yeah, the matter, the matter of packing tape and, and shit I was buying people maybe thought I was abducting someone. <laughs> You get to pack your girlfriend in a box and then, you know, just send her across on the removal list. <laughs> oh, God, no. I dropped off at the other place uh, today. She's doing unpacking and shit. Right. Is it nearby? Is it, like, the same street or something? Or No, no, no. It's it's down uh, It's down f- next suburb over, basically. Right. I was, uh, you don't need to give the address, Rich. I was just, I was just uh, checking. Now, I did get a couple of things, both related. Uh, so, Street Fighter Six. Um, came in the mail uh, yesterday, installed it. You know I like Street Fighter. Now, I installed it, started playing it. I'm as bad as ever. Um, <laughs> obviously, I'm playing as Ken. Um, that's no surprise to you, Rich. You know how much I love Ken. I was like, will I play Ryu? Because I love Ryu as well. But then I was like, no, I'm going to go for Ken. <laughs> Which I You've always been a bit of a Ken whore. I do. And then, um, now, this was, this was kind of funny. So I installed the game. And, um, you know, I'm all ready to go. And then it makes me want to, it makes, you know, these games today, like, you've got to join up the fucking Capcom, this and that, and blah, 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 if you want to play online. I do all this shit, and it finally gets to the part where I've got to link my Capcom account, which I've just created, with my PlayStation account. But there was, like, an authenticator, and I'm really bad with knowing how to use this authenticator. I, I, I struggle. I had to go back to my old phone to get... Somehow I managed on my old phone to do it right, and then I managed to get the... It took me seriously half an hour, and I was getting more and more and more frustrated. Finally did it, 
And then I thought, is this game online only? Like, uh, is this the only option I've got? But it's not. You can play the computer, you can play online, you can do all this other shit. But it took me... I mean, if anyone ever thinks, well, Dave's got it all in the control technology, you know, techn- technology-wise, um, you should have seen me with a camera watching me do this because I was struggling for, like, close to an hour for something that I think, like, a fucking seven-year-old kid could do. You know what I mean? Like, I was like, where the fuck is a little tech genius right now who I could hand this off to for fucking five bucks? But anyway, I got there in the end. Um, if you like Street Fighter, it's fucking great. I mean, honestly, it's fucking awesome what they've done with Street Fighter Reach. Like, are you a big Street Fighter fan? You're pretty good at it, aren't you, from memory? Uh, I used to be. I mean, Jesus Christ, back in the day, my um, I remember my bike got stolen because I was playing too much Street Fighter 2. Oh. Um, in South Africa. <laughs> really? What, you were busy playing and someone stole your bike? I got busted. I, um, I skipped school right. to go play Street Fighter 2, <laughs> and I... Oh, I was in such a rush to get into the the little the corner shop there and fucking put my <laughs> put my sense in and, and play it and all that that I I didn't lock my bike up properly and I got stolen and then I had to explain oh, no. to my folks how my bike got stolen at school. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow! Hey, oh no! Did you ever recover it or was it gone? Oh god, no! I've had I've, dude, I've had so many bikes stolen in South Africa. Seriously. It seems like South Africa has got so much crime. Like, all you ever hear about South Africa is, like, crime central, you know? Dude, it's got tons of crime, man. <laughs> yeah, like, I saw, a, I saw a thing on Facebook the other day about this guy going grocery shopping in South Africa in his car, and these guys were just attacking him, and he kind of had, a, like, like, basically a machete that was, like, he was fending them off. But, like, these fuckers were trying to steal his groceries i think like they were just idiots like or maybe i'm mm. trying to steal the car and he got but like it was like it was like something out of mad max you know yeah and oh well, look, i mean I'll, I'll be honest with you that's why sometimes i do have a little bit of a laugh at the aussies mm. living with the aussies and you know you've got these um in your country i like they, they refer to themselves you know we're hard cunts you know like they think they're like super tough and like <laughs> you know the men you know what i mean and they're like oh man we fucking we run this i'm like dude you don't even know what it's like like yeah you know what i mean like you you think you're tough and all sure, that and sure. you're getting up in people's faces but you do it because you know that there's n- they won't just stab you yeah 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 yeah. do you know what i mean like unless you go up another one of your little hard oh, cut you know like oh yeah well you're like yeah maybe there could be but if you go up against like just a regular person sure. or just some guy in the street in south africa you don't fuck with anyone like like seriously like anyone will just like pop you off. Like, Everyone's on edge. You see a guy to you and he's like, give us a cigarette. You better pray. Even if you don't smoke, keep cigarettes on you. Well, so is it... Because could it, it will literally kill you if you don't give them a cigarette. Could it be kind of like the social system that has fallen down a bit? Like, it seems to be a bit broken. You know, like, a lot of poverty, obviously, is usually the reason for crime. You know? Well, again, the... Yeah, well, I mean... Well, look... Hmm. See, the problem with South Africa is obviously they don't have a um, a welfare system, but also they can't have a welfare system because the, literally the country would be even more broke than it is now. Sure. If they had a welfare system and yeah, there is, yeah, there's way more people than there are jobs and stuff and all that. I mean, Jesus Christ, I just saw Durban Beach recently and they've literally built a massive shanty town on Durban Beach. Right. So like... Durban Beach now, which was all sand, you know, sand, beach, all that sort of stuff, now has a fucking shanty city 
yeah. on the fucking beach. Because they just come wow. in and they just they go whatever we build this land and the government then does nothing about it. What's and a shanty city? Is that like a just like slum? shanty towns? It's these little fucking uh, metal towns that just pop up that uh, people build because oh. they don't buy houses or whatever. And really? it's so funny because sometimes you'll go in there and um, there'll there'll be a BMW because <laughs> like uh, the person stole or whatever. But ah oh, right, you know, and right. steal electricity and wow. um, and like water and stuff and all that. But yeah, I mean, if, if anyone is interested, you just look up Shanty. It's, it might remind you of like Brazil. Yeah. Uh, right. a, a little bit, you know, when you kind of see these like, I wouldn't say they're squatter, but like, you know, like a city or a town and it kind of looks. Yeah, know, like a total slum hole. Um, yeah, yeah. Like very slum, you know, cardboard houses. Super dangerous as well. Houses. Super dangerous. Like fires and yeah. stuff can break out and kill them. Like. Well, let me tell you something. There's tons of that in South Africa that just pop up wherever they feel Jesus, like. Jesus, don't go back to South things. Africa, Rich. It sounds fucking awful, unfortunately. Oh, no, no, no. I've, I've stopped going back to South Africa. Um, I'd rather just spend my money to go to other countries now and see the world. It's fair, man. It's fair. So all the guys, like the anyone who's got any money, they're in like sort of compounds aren't they like basically to keep away from this and, and have private yeah, I mean, what, what i'll say to you and, and this is how you know and uh, it really hit me because um i guess when you live there right it's a mm. gradual change yeah so you don't even notice it before, until it's too late do you know what i mean yeah and um but for me because i go back every few years mm. well i was going back every few years um you can really notice it. So, last time I went to go visit my cousins and my aunt mm. in the name Sandrift, that's where they live, Sandrift North, is where they uh, lived, right? And when you walk down the streets in that neighborhood, everyone's front yard was open. Yeah. Right? So, from curb to the fucking front door, just grass, open, you know, as far as I can see down every single street. Sure. I came back after a few years. Every single fucking house in that neighborhood, in that on, on that street, had built a wall that wow. went like almost up to the fucking pavement. Wow! And so it was all fenced up, concrete walls, brick walls. But every every single house had built a wall. Right. Okay. And then that's when I was like, "Ooh, yeah, damn, Things shit's are... changed." Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, shit's really changed. And again, I noticed it because you know it was like three, four years. Yeah. And then I'd come back to it. Yeah, you live in the three, four years, you probably don't even realize, oh, shit, yeah, everyone's got a wall. It's happening day by day, so. That's crazy, man. Well, it is what it is. A bit of fucking Street Fighter might go on there, the real thing. Um, now, as well as Street Fighter Six, I also ordered some uh, Street Fighter action figures to go with my Ken Masters that you got me, Rich, all those years ago. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. One of my favorite figures, actually, is, is, the, is the Ken you got me. And um, I got Ryu, Evil Ryu, another Ken, and Chun-Li. So, yeah, just, just the basics, but they're the ones I like, you know. I, I'm so pretty... I, your, your basic bitch collection. As, you know, seriously, when it comes to Street Fighter, I do like a lot of the other people, but I always just go with Ryu, Ken, or Chun-Li, always. Like, seriously, like, and, it, and when I do Chun-Li, I think I'm being a super experimental. But I do love her. I always yeah. go with my, my man, Guile. He's cool. No, I agree. He's actually cool. I, I, I rate him highly. Now, the graphics, dude, are so fucking good. I don't think I played Street Fighter Five. I played a lot of 4. Um, like, a lot, lot, lot of 4. But I, I don't think I played 5 at all. 
Um, and I think this new one has gotten really good ratings. But here's something interesting. When I was going to get it, um, I went into multiple stores here and none of them had it. And I, and I went into multiple, like, you know, um, stores in, in Sydney, like of JB Hi-Fi's, um, that one you like, Rich, the what, SEX or whatever it's called. The, yeah, it's got a nice... The sex shop. Yeah, and they, they didn't have it. I, like, I, I, I was like, it's got a 92 on Metacritic. Yeah, no, I, I just found it really interesting that for some reason I just could not find this thing on the shelves. Like, maybe... Well, the problem with the, with the CX, they're great, but you got to, they only take trading. So, obviously, you, you, have to, you have to be lucky that someone's traded it in. Right, yeah. okay. Well, it, it's a great game, Rich, um, and I'm, I'm super enjoying it. So, so yeah, Street Fighter, and, and really I only play a little bit because I do find it exhausting. I, I love it, but I, I find it very tiring mm. to play. Yeah, I, I tapped out uh, Street Fighter 3 was like the last... Oh, you played Street a bit of Street Fighter, Fighter 4 with me, though. We used to play it, I remember. I, mean, I didn't, like, buy it or play it. Yeah. I used to just come over and then yeah. you'd pop it in and then I'd kick your ass. Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> you'd fucking destroy me, like, basically, is my memory. Like, I am, I am, like, honestly, like, that person who buys this shit and I am so bad at it. Like, I am embarrassed mm. by my own skills. So what, though, man? So what? I don't like, really care. You, you, so what? You enjoy yeah. it. You I do fun. enjoy it. I do enjoy it. And one day I'm going to be... Like you to be taken seriously competitive-wise. Like, fuck it. <laughs> like, yeah. you enjoy it. You enjoy it. I just want... You know how badly, though, I want to be good at it, don't you? Like, even just to be considered good would be a real achievement of it. I'm going to master Ken and You have to beat the, the, the computer. You're all good, mate. I'm going to I'm gonna master Ken and Ryu this time. This is my time. You know? And I was... When I went to the training bit, they were like, have you ever played before? And I said, no. Tell me from the start. I was like, <laughs> I was like, Sensei, tell me from the beginning. Because I need to unlearn. Yeah. I need to unlearn. You know what I mean? And I'm very disappointed because I used to play nothing but fighting games. But, of course, I stopped. But then years later, I find out, like, it's an actual esports. Right. And, like... There's like competitive shit, and, and I'm like, oh fucking hell, it's too late now. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Because um, back in the day, again, I really, I need, I never really got into fighting games on console. Like, I would always play them in like the arcade. In so the arcade, I, yeah. Jesus Christ, man, I spent all my time in arcades playing Street Fighter, even Street Fighter One, Street Fighter One, Street Fighter Two, uh, more all the the Mortal Kombat One and Two, uh, Samurai Showdown. Um, King of Fighters, Fatal, wow. like, um, uh, Final Fight, uh, no, sorry, Fatal, Fatal Fury, I think it was called, um, and even just others I'm even fucking forgetting now, yeah. um, but, uh, or SNK and all that sort of stuff, but I, Jesus, man, all I did was play fighting games, uh, like, when I was a kid in the arcades and all that, like, I was not interested in any other arcade games except well, for fucking I fighting. feel a, like a little better now because I remember you just destroyed me, like, and, I, and I'm like, okay, you come with this pedigree. But, like, I, I was hopeless. The only game in the 90s, the fighting game that I got good at, and when I say good, okay at, I, I was with friends with uh, people, like, all of them were stoners, and they were heavily into Mortal Kombat, um... Like, heavily, heavily. And I remember, as usual, Dave came late to the party. That's no surprise, Rich. And then um, I remember, like, training myself in, in the during the day in the summer, like, on the console when all these, like, sleepy headstoners were, like, you know, sleeping and stuff. 
and then come the nighttime tournaments, I was at least a factor. I was not amazing, but I was I wasn't embarrassing. You know what I mean? Like, and we, I I have really good memories of those days. Like late at night, like stoned, but then it would wear off, and we're just playing for hours. Like I really have fond memories of those times. You know, like because I, it was so much fun. You know, and mm. it was cheap. Like no, none of us. I was a student. You know, like, but it was you. You were you were gathered around on a console. God, I, I would. I'm embarrassing myself, but I think it was a Sega Mega Drive, Rich. You know, um, I could be wrong there, but I, that that's what my instinct is. It wasn't even my console. It was at my mate's house. You know, it was like the big share housey kind of thing. Great memories. Um, and yeah, but I I I love I love Street Fighter as well. Um, I played it. What year would Street Fighter Two have been rich? Like, do you know? Because, because I remember playing it uh, at a at a news agent. <coughs> oh Excuse my, dude! That's I would say ninety nine. Fuck! It... I want to say like ninety seven or something like that. Oh really? Oh well, then it must have been Street Fighter One I was playing. So basically, up from our school, um, like literally like half a block away, there was like a little news agent and. You know, if you were a little bit, you know, naughty, you would go up there um, at lunch, and the guy had the Turtles game. Oh, no, dude, sorry, I'm completely wrong. 1991. Well, then it was Street Fighter Two. Okay, yeah. because it was no, Street Fighter One came out in 1987. Oh, okay, so this is Street Fighter Two. So, which is weird because we still had. See, that's why it's difficult for me, right? When we talk about actual dates, yeah, because in the 90s we still had Street Fighter One, right? Like okay. in arcades. And then Street Fighter Two. So that's the problem. South Africa's always been a bit behind. Yeah. So like in the nineties when you were playing Street Fighter Two, I was probably still playing Street Fighter. <laughs> and I believe in Street Fighter One, um, the only characters you could play were Ken and Ryu. And then uh, technically just Ryu, but player two was Ken. Could play as Ken, but you couldn't actually play as Ken as player one. Gotcha. Right. Okay. So anyway, um, but you did play against the the people you were fighting was like the guy with the long arms, the Indian guy, and all the other people. Like, no, 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 no. No, the only so there is a guy that's kind of like Balrog. He's like a black guy, sort of fighter, and then obviously the final boss is Sagat, which is the, yes. the big bald guy with yeah. the eye patch. But I think that's the only characters the, oh, really? Street Fighter okay. 1 is, is all like different characters oh, okay because what I then I'm remembering so we go to this news agent with whatever money we had and they had turtles and we used to love that and they had Street Fighter 2 and we, I, we did love it we, we, we would have been you know shit but we loved it kind of thing you know and this and of course the news agent guy just turns a blind eye because you're in their pump and quarters you know um and yeah, he's like, I don't care if these kids come up at lunchtime. That's what it's there for. <laughs> but like, we we were seriously big fans. We actually had in my last year. I still remember they had like a oh God, they had a name for it, but it was like a common room. But it was just for the like the final year, and um, mm-hmm. and you were allowed to go in there. Uh, and they had all they the so one of the guys there had decked it out with um, you know arcade machines. Can you imagine just how popular that was? You know what I mean? Like that was it was it was great, man. We would just go in there, play all through lunch. You know, 
Like mm. seriously, it was great fun. I, I, that was actually the, probably one of the most fun things at that school because that school sucked. But then they did that, like on the final year. I was like, Jesus Christ, you guys really held back to the end. You saved your best for the last year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wow. I, like, I would have given this school like a, a two or three out of ten, and then that raised it to like a six. I was like, well, well, well done, guys. Like, you know, you really you <laughs> pull out all the stops. And it was really one guy who did it, and, and credit to him. I still, All these years later, I still think to that guy, I'm very thankful for that person. Now. I guess I'll give you, um, I'll give you the characters from one. Yes. So, Retsu, right. an expelled Kempo instructor, Geki, a Teko Kagi so wielding ninja from, from the United States, <laughs> a ninja from the USA, Joe, an underground full con- contact karate champion, and Mike, a former heavyweight boxer who killed an opponent in the ring. Now, Mike, I believe they kind of redid as like Balrog. So, oh, yeah. they kind of reused that character but changed him. And then Lee, who I believe could be Chun Li's, maybe related to Chun Li or something like that, uh, extra Chinese boxing. Gen, an LD professor. Uh, Bird- oh shit, Birdie did make a, a a reappearance, I think, in Street Fighter Three. Right. Okay. Uh, and then Eagle. So yeah. So the only and then Sagat. Um, so again, Mike, kind of technically, you could say Balrog is in one and two, but Sagat's the only um, real character from one and two. Yeah, I remember Cigar. Okay. And um, what about the one... What's his name? Bison or something? Is that his name? Bison. That's the final bad guy in Street Fighter 2. Okay, that's what I was thinking. So he's not in one? No. Oh, really? That's interesting. Wow. Okay, that you learn something every day. I always... I and you know, I hesitate to use the word good, but I was actually not bad with the guy with the long arms. He was one of my... Same. Yeah, he, I, I, I remember, and you know what? I'd like to play him now in the new game. I should do it because I used to quite enjoy playing him. You know, he was he was kind of fun, um, and he could throw off people. It could be a lot of fun. Yeah, well, he could throw off people if they didn't know what they were doing. You know, I, I liked that reach that he had. Literally, it was quite the fucking. He had quite the fucking. Uh, it was in boxing. He really had a long reach. Um, <laughs> now, obviously the main thing we're going to be talking about this show, Richard, Deadpool, the teaser trailer showed at the Super Bowl, mm. um, Deadpool and Wolverine, uh, I'm going to make a comment right now, this is all my Christmas has come at once, sweet Christmas, um, I am, like, I'm just guzzling the fucking Kool-Aid at this point, like, I'm just, put me under the fucking tap, my mouth's open, I'm like, man, when he's like, I am the Messiah. I am Marvel Jesus. I'm like, this is greatness. They're bringing him in from Fox, you know, movie universe. He's seeing the footage of all the Marvel people. The Time Variance Authority got a fucking run. Um, I recognise them. Uh, there's Easter eggs. Um, there's a Secret War comic on the background. You see Wolverine in Madripoor the background shot, you see Wolverine in his costume when he goes in for the kind of like the throat slash on Deadpool. Uh, I thought I saw Doctor Doom, actually, as well. And I freeze-framed it, Richard. So I'm, mm. I'm, I'm, I'm doing things that no one's even fucking thinking of here. Um, <laughs> th- th- this looks like the greatest cinematic experience since Empire Strikes Back. I'm going to make the comment right now. Um, Rich, your thoughts? 
Um, look, I sometimes I do um, say things just to sort of, yeah. you know, get your goat. Sure. But yeah. I honestly thought it looked cheap. Cheap? Like, it looked like Disney Plus street, uh, show quality. Like, it didn't. It didn't feel like a, like a triple A budget movie. Really? It was just a teaser. Mm. I thought there was plenty of action being shown. Look, as I said, maybe this is just like a teaser out there, and they're still going to be putting the. But it just didn't. It just felt like, as you said, like it, it to me, it just felt like a. It, it budget wise, it fits in with Loki. Wow! Like it just doesn't feel. Dude, this looks about a billion times better than Loki, though. Mm, it doesn't. Though. And again, maybe it's because they didn't really show off any like big action set pieces. Sure. Maybe it was just because it does, you know, the the most fighting you saw was just like the the time fucking people with their little sticks. And I'm like, look, maybe again, maybe when you get a new trailer and they sh- it's a bit more bombastic and they show you the big set pieces, maybe it'll feel a bit more, you know, big big blockbuster. Yeah, but it just didn't feel that from that trailer. It felt like a TV show trailer. Okay. Um. Now, I don't know, man. Like. What do you think about Wolverine in the suit and Wolverine in Madripoor? I've got to see the suit in the movie. I'm, I'm hoping it'll be good um, because well, we've never really seen... Um, I'm not talking about the still pictures. I, w- I want to see it in motion, in action, with like, the good lighting and all that. Um, yeah, hopefully it'll look good. Dude, I'm, so- not doing the, the, I, I'm assuming they're not going to be doing the helmet, which is a, a shame. The helmet? What do you mean? Yeah, his, his mask, his... Oh, yeah, know, his, his mask. His yeah. helmet, whatever you want to call it. Sure, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, okay. Um, yeah, the whiskers from his first appearance, remember? <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, dude, I'm so fucking excited, man. Like, yeah, I know you are. And I said, I, I'm not saying this to, like, poo-poo. I just... When I watched it, I was just like, oof, that feels like a trailer for a TV show. I'm going to make a comment again. I think it's going to make a billion dollars. I really do. I think this is a billion-dollar movie. I think this movie's gonna... Look, I I would not bet against that, but also only because so many of the movies have been so bad lately. Well, but I think this is one where they're fine. Like, we were saying... I said, made a comment to Michelle today. We were talking about um, the Madame Web thing and, 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 and just various other movies, not just that. And I said, they really should sometimes think, has this character ever held down a long-term series. And the likes of an Ant-Man, the likes of a Madame Web, I mean, they either never had them or they have series that just fail time and again. Now, I know that the audience in comics is much smaller than the audience they're going for, but it tells me something when the comic book geeks are taste-testing these characters and going, no, thank you, you know? Um, they're more bit players. And... Deadpool and Wolverine are two established fucking mainstream characters. It's got a guide audience, assuming it's decent, you know, assuming it doesn't come out and it's going, oh, God, it's the worst movie ever. Assuming it gets decent word of mouth, I think these are the two characters and huge crossover appeal with Ryan Reynolds and Hugh Jackman. I think this is going to be an absolute monster of a movie, and I am so excited. I mean, just seeing the back picture with him in Madripoor, I'm like, where the fuck has this been all my life? Why the fuck hasn't this happened before? You know? Um, it's happening, man. And I'm happy. I'm very fucking happy. Um, Jesus. Yeah. Wow. There's a lot I mean, look, it's, it's possible. I mean, I don't think any of the Wolverine movies or the Deadpool movies have made a billion dollars. Really? But this being a culmination of maybe the two of them, plus, as oh, I God. said, the the poor, poor <laughs> fucking movies that have come out recently, <laughs> this might be the thing that maybe 
uh, is something that people can enjoy because again, it's not tied to anything, so it can stand on its own, yeah, kind of thing, and it can be its own thing, and they can actually poke a bit of fun at that shit that's been coming yeah. out and all that sort of stuff. I, so yeah. it, it's possible. As I said, I wouldn't bet against you. No, no, would I? Now I've got something here. Apparently, there's a glimpse shown of what is expected to be one of several Wolverine variants. Oh, they're talking about Patch. Oh, okay. So I, okay. I mean, it's Wolverine. It's not a variant. That's Wolverine with a fucking tux on and a patch. It no, I think I think they mean in that. What? Again, if the time people are involved, it means it's different versions of. I see. Movie. Oh, I see. Oh, Remember, wow. just different versions of Loki and all that sort of shit. So what he's going to be doing is Deadpool's going to be with these time fuckers, and he's probably going to be bumping into different versions of Wolverine, possibly. That's cool. That's very cool. I wonder if we'll see... Uh, I'm going to say something right now which might blow you away. Maybe you'll see the Wolverine that fights the Hulk. Fighting the Hulk. How about that? I, get it. I mean, it's definitely possible. I mean... It's very funny. You might see... You might see the... The ultimate X-Men... Like the ultimate Wolverine. Um, he sucked. No, but I'm just saying of, of what they could throw in there. Like, yeah. maybe, like, you mean like the Ultimate Universe Wolverine got pulled in half by the Hulk? Maybe they'll have that in there. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, I don't want that. Jesus. Wolverine sucked, you said. Oh, no, he was good. I was sorry. I was thinking of the next, like, when Wolverine died in the Ultimate Universe and they tried to bring back a new Wolverine. Uh, no, no, no. Not I hated that, that character so much. Um, yeah. Oh, dude. I'm excited now because what you've said to me, I didn't realize was happening that there's going to be more than one Wolverine. And well, again, yeah. I think they're going to go crazy with it, but they might just like just for like uh, Easter eggs or nods, they might just yeah, have, you like, could have like you know, a '90s one. You could have one with bone claws and yeah, feral. Wow, you could have all sorts going. Now, finally, I mean, let's not forget how. Remember <laughs> what movie was it that I thought Wolverine was going to show up in? It was Multiverse of Madness. And I was so fucking sure of myself. <laughs> finally, he is turning up in this one, we know, at least. So I'm finally going to be right about one. Like, because... Well, you... The movie is called Deadpool and Wolverine. You... I think it's safe to, uh, to assume that, yes. How many times did I mention on the show that I thought he was going to show up in Multiverse of Madness? Well, and... It's, that and Ghost Rider has always been your fucking pick for anything. Well, like there that. was a rumour that Ghost Rider was going to show up there that I didn't create. I mean, I think I created the rumour about Wolverine. But the thing was, for like more than three quarters of the way through, I then said to Michelle, it's not looking good for Wolverine. This was after Professor X died. That's when I gave up hope. I was like, they're, just, they're really holding Wolverine back. <laughs> hey, look! Actually, technically, could have had him in a um, end credits, uh, yeah, sort of after the, because of the death of. Um, Would have been a lot fucking better than whatever they did. Uh, Charles and all that. They had that stupid ending where it's like the open ending where the the eye came on his forehead. Remember? Yeah. It's just like oh, more adventures to come. Oh, great. <laughs> like, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I kind of don't care about the Doctor Strange movies anymore. Like. Multiverse Madness kind of was like, ugh, I don't, I don't care. I mean, I, I don't give a fuck about Doctor Strange in general, and I liked quite a bit of Multiverse of Madness, but I certainly don't need any more Doctor Strange solo, like at all. I, th I think he's incredibly boring, frankly. Like, I just liked the only thing I really liked about that movie was the Illuminati scene. That was my, that was my, that that was fun. 
you know, I, I enjoyed that. I was like, wow, they're doing something finally that's actually fun. And then they fucked it up by killing everyone. I'm just like, you guys don't know what you're doing. Like, you just, you, you, you're just so, I, I, to me, cowardly almost. Like, they just never really commit to a bit. And, mm. um, yeah, no, I, I agree. I, I, I find Doctor Strange such a snore of a character, basically. And also, I, I, I think they do him very boringly. Like, all he is is, like, a little magician and he has that stupid, like, shield thing they build. It's not that great. Yeah. You know, it's like... Well, the, the thing is, it's, it's kind of sad because they could have had him be the replacement for Tony Stark. Sure. Because... I thought at one point there may because remember in the first movie he was a little bit more Tony Starkish. Yeah, 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 I remember. Very arrogant, very up himself. You know what I mean? Very like, not 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 hoity toity is the right word, but superior. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Definitely thought he was like, but then like he was super fucking boring in the second movie. Yeah, no. The second movie, like all of that, just got fucking drained out of him, and he was just almost like an empty shell of a character with no. Because that can be charming. Do you know what I mean? I mean, uh, Robert, John, Robert Downey Jr. proved that you can take an arsehole but still make him charming. Oh, 100%. Yeah, definitely. And I thought they were going to try and do that, be like, oh, cool, well, we've kind of got the Tony Stark replacement here yeah. with Benedict Cumberbatch, but no. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I thought it was really poor. Um, now, so what about this Doctor Doom thing? Because others were mentioning as well. I, 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 I'll admit... <laughs> I, I don't think so, Dave. Like, I, I freeze-framed it. For Fantastic Four. I freeze-framed it. I freeze-framed it. And? It's a guy in a green mask. Yeah, but Doctor Doom's mask <laughs> isn't green. Okay. Well, that's a good point. Um, <laughs> but it did look Doom-esque, is what I'm trying to say. Sure, but, I, dude, they, they, if they do a Fantastic Four movie, they're saving fucking Doom for Fantastic but Four. But it could have been an ultimate. It could have been an ultimate Doom. <laughs> You know? Dude, just, I'm just, they're not going to have Dr. Doom in this. All right, okay. Well, all right, all right, fair enough. It's going to be a pretty crowded picture anyway. Um, Now. Hang on, since, since we're on, I want to bring it up now. Did you watch the X-Men 97 trailer? Yes, I did. We can discuss it right now. Yes, I well, did. Well, since we're on Wolverine and Deadpool and, and the X-Men. Yes, and I did. Yeah, I watched like... it just before this. I'm super pumped. Uh, you pumped. know what? I'm so 50-50 right now after Why? watching the trailer. Why? Because, like, they try to make it look like it, but the art sometimes looks a little bit wonky. Mm. And the voices was like, I was like, oh, I was kind of hoping they would get like the original. Is it the original people? It's not. I think maybe one or two of them might be original, but it's not the original. Wolverine no, sounded original. similar. No, Wolverine, that's a completely different actor. Okay. Well, I'm ready for it, man. Like, fuck it. Like, Wolverine, did you hear Wolverine? I don't think he sounded good in that when he when he spoke to Cyclops. He was trying to do the voice of the of the old. Yeah, he was trying. Um, you know what? I'm cautiously optimistic. I'll say that. How about when they I go? I keep, but I'm going to be cautiously optimistic. How about when Cyclops goes to me, my X Men, and then Magneto's running the show at the end? <laughs> that made me laugh. Well, we don't know when he says that. It could still be after the Magneto. Yeah, but Magneto's running at the, the headquarters now. He's running it from. You know that's going to take time, dude. Like, you really think that they're going to be like, "Cool, all right, well, he left it you in the will, so we'll take orders." From no, man, they're going to be like... Magneto, that's what happened in the comics, dude. Magneto took over in the mid-80s, I yes, believe. But my, Dave, Jesus Christ, mate. That's it. You, they're not going to just fall lockstep with Magneto <laughs> after being his enemy. He's going, they, they're going to have to work at him being uh, the actual like, leader that they respect or listen to. But I thought everyone forgave Magneto. No, don't be ridiculous, man. He got a free fucking pass, man, because, you know, like... 
you know, he, he yeah, yeah. Trusts Wolverine's him. like, yeah, but bye guys, be bye guys. I don't hold grudges. <laughs> sure. After all sure. the shit Magneto did in the uh, original series. Well, remember Magneto and Xavier had that big adventure in the Savage Land and became best buddies again. Remember that? Yeah, but that's not the X-Men. Last time I checked. True. Xavier's not all the X-Men. True. That's very true. And he's certainly not Wolverine. No, Wolverine's going to have his issues. Well, that's going to be, you know, that's going to be part of the fun, though, isn't it? Cyclops and Wolverine have been technically been working together for years and he still hates them. Yeah, true. Well, because he pines after Gene. Yeah, but I'm just saying, Magneto's like ripped his fucking adamantium out. He's like throwing him around. I don't think he's going to be like, cool, Bob. I forgive you. <laughs> Man, I'm looking so fortunate. So it's March 20, I believe, is when it, is when it uh, debuts mm. on Disney+. Plus. So yeah. I'm happy to review it for the show. Oh, we'll be reviewing it with a fucking microscope. And we'll be watching it as well because she really enjoyed the um, uh, the animated show when we watched that together because I wanted to rewatch it and she wanted to see what it was and she ended excellent. up fucking watching it more than I did. That's excellent. That's excellent. So that's good. I liked how they started the trailer with the ending of the last one, you know? Yeah. Dude, I fucking love the scene where uh, Gambit jumps on Wolverine's back, but he also supercharges his claws yeah. with his kinetic. I was like, that's fucking cool. That is cool. Um, now, we have the other big news of this week. The Fantastic Four has officially been cast. Uh, there's a release date. I want to say it was July 2025. I don't have the exact date in front of me, but it was July 2025. Now, I want to go... What's, someone has changed my news. I had all the actors... I haven't even like really touched the fucking news this week. Someone has changed my news, Richard, and I'm not happy. Because I, I had put in all the people who... I'm going to go to the internet now. So, I, so, basically, I'm having to do fucking stuff on the fly now. Like, that's what this show's come to. Like, I have to type in... Well, I know off the top of my head... Pedro Pascal is playing Reed Richards, Mr. Fantastic, and Vanessa, <laughs> Vanessa Kirby is playing Sue Storm. I'm not familiar. Meh. I'm not familiar with the others. Um, now, Vanessa Kirby and Pedro Pascal were heavily linked with this. Um, okay, now let's go through them one by one. This, is, this is legit casting, right? This is like this official is legit. A fi- it was officially released by um, Disney. So. Instagram post, okay. uh, 25th of July is the um, is the date that it comes out. Um, now. I'm just looking at it now, and this looks like the hobo version of Fantastic Four. Pedro Pascal is playing Red Richards, Mr. Fantastic. I am a big fan. Um, <sighs> nope. he is, he's very popular, Rich. Very popular. Yeah, he's the, he's the, he's the, he's the most famous hobo of this decade. What? I mean, I can tell you, my friend Natalie, she is the biggest Pedro Pascal fan. And I said, you've got your new mum. Like that sh- hobo chic look. <laughs> well, it's that, it's that whole thing about him being the daddy, you know, and now he literally is the daddy. He, of the Fantastic he still Four. doesn't look like he showers. I think he's very charming, actually. Um, he's got a soft touch. I Look, it's not the Reed Richards from the pages, like, you know, but... I'm, I'm all for it, man. I, I, I think Pedro Pascal might be the key to unlock this to a mainstream audience because Fantastic Four movies have, in general, been either terrible or mediocre. No, um, this is going to bomb. You reckon? 
This I, is not great casting. This is going to bomb. Well, okay. So we've got Petra Pascal. He's a big name, Rich. He's you talking about you're talking about stars. He is star power. He's about as big as you get now. He's he's viral. He's people love him, dude. He's very popular with. Did females. you did you see the did you see the I'm just looking at that. Did you see the picture that Marvel Entertainment put yes, out? Yes. Happy Valentine's Day from Marvel. He literally looks like fucking. Uh, Hawkeye had a baby with uh, uh, Tony Stark in that picture that they drew of Pedro Pascal as uh, Mr. Fantastic. Okay. Well, that's not that bad. It's awful. <laughs> All right. So then we had Vanessa Kirby, who was in Josephine in Napoleon, where I thought she was very good. Um, I'm not sure okay. what what else she's been in that I would know. She's been in uh, Hobbs and Shaw. She's been okay. in... All right. I've seen that. Uh, da, 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 da. Mission Impossible. Who was she in Mission Impossible? Like, which Mission uh, Impossible? She plays the fucking uh, 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 arms dealer, broker, fucking... Okay. She was good in that. She was good in that then. Because I, I, mm, exa- I know exactly. Nah. Dude, I thought she was good in that, actually. So is she in the last Mission Impossible? Is that right? Yes. Yeah, I know the character. Mm-hmm. The one that, um, oh, God, someone, like, did a face mask of her, and there was two of her. They knocked her mm-hmm. out and stuff. She was good. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, I, You know I'm a big Sue Storm fan. Again, she's not the perfect Sue Storm in my eyes, but I think that she's a good actress. Um, I'm not familiar. The guy from The Bear... I know he's popular. I, I've never watched the show in my life, so he's playing Thing. Um, and Joseph Quinn from Stranger Things. Again, I'm not familiar with him. Uh, have you seen Stranger Things, Rich? Am I supposed to no. know who he is? I, I have seen a little bit of Stranger Things, but I couldn't pick him out of a lineup. Um, and who's he playing? Johnny Storm. Yeah. At, least I don't wa- at least I don't know who he is. I don't want to know these other people. Sadly, I do. Pedro Pascal is good, dude. I don't know what you've got against him, man. Like, he is, he, he entertains. He's an entertainer. Oh, I'm sorry, man. Massively over-fucking-rated. Massively overrated. Very popular with the ladies, my friend. Very popular. Um, super popular. You know what's funny? Now that he's a bit older, do you know who actually would, I think, make a good Mr. Fantastic? Who? Is uh, Jake Gyllenhaal. Yeah. But he was already Mysterio. But yes, he no, no. Oh, who gives a fuck, man? Like, uh, uh, Chris fucking Evans was Johnny Storm and fucking Mr. and Captain America. Who gives a fuck? True, but no, Jake Gyllenhaal would be good. Gyllenhaal would be good. I agree. But but I, I think Pedro Pascal. I, Pedro Pascal looks nothing like any version of fucking Mr. Fantastic that's you, ever been drawn. I'm telling you, man, he is gonna be the fire that lights the flame to the revolution. Okay, well, so, so all the listeners now they can. They can hold my feet to the fire. I will say this right now. It's a bomb. I don't think it's going to bomb, man. I think it's going to be big. I, I think it's going to make over 500 million. I okay. think it's going to be a dud. I, uh, Dave on the record right now, I think... Another wet fart in a blanket. Dave on, the, Dave on the signal right now, make a fucking note. Michael Keller should make a note. Fantastic Four will make over 500 million worldwide. US. There it is. I'm telling you. It might not be... I, I'm saying Deadpool will crack a billion. I don't think it'll be that big, but I think it's going to make a, 
a reasonable amount of money and do okay. And I think... I'll say 375. I said this to Michelle today. I said, this is going to be a foundation movie that so much stuff is going to spin out of. This is going to be absolutely huge for the Marvel Universe. Seriously. This is... Seriously, kids out there listening, ignore Richard. Go and see this movie when it comes out. I think this is going to be the one that turns the ship around. Seriously, I'm making that comment right now. I would say to people, only go watch it if it's good. No. Uh, Pay attention to Dave. Pay attention to Daddy Dave. And do as I say. (laughs) Man, I'm so excited. And I'll continue my Did you know that kids don't listen to their dads when they say do what I say? So good luck to you, mate. Well, I'm going to find out uh, shortly as well. So I'm going to find out in real life. It's not going to be in theory anymore. Um, so anyway, um, I'm excited. And I'm excited for Pedro Pascal. I don't care that you don't like him. I like him. I like him a lot. And I'm part of his fan club. And, you know, and I'll say this. I liked him before it was cool. Because I hopped on board in that first Game of Thrones that's, that's season. I'm concerned it's never cool to like Pedro Pascal. <laughs> it's super cool, dude. It's very popular with the female audience too. Pedro Pascal brings in a lot of female fans, so I think that's I think it's really good casting, and he can act, man. Like you know, that's important. No, yeah. I've never seen him really. Act. Have you seen him in Game of Thrones, my friend? He's excellent. He's Fair excellent. Enough. Oh yeah, you check out that season of Game of Thrones, and you come back to me because that's. No, I'm good, thanks. <laughs> I'm good, bro. Thanks. <laughs> anyway, um, I don't know who the other guys are. Have you ever watched The Bear? I know it's loved. Is he the main star of the bear? Alicia made me start to watch it, and I didn't enjoy it. Yeah, I mean, I, I just couldn't. I mean, I just don't give a fuck. You know what I mean? Like, I just don't care about about the restaurant scene and stuff. Oh, so the, I've got a rumor mill section. So this is me doing a deep dive on the internet, and by deep dive, I mean I clicked on one site. Um, mm-hmm. Now. This is the rumours, and I, God knows, I, this is like one of the situations where the Botha spies died to give the rumours to me, Rich. You know, a lot of brave Botha spies died for this information. Um, the Fantastic Four will take place in 1963. It will also mm-hmm. have, reportedly, an always sunny in Philadelphia tone, which I find confusing. Um, I've not watched that show, but I, I have seen clips, and it's very funny, but... I did not. I, I just don't understand what that even means. Do, do you watch this show? Can you give me some insight? No, I've seen bits and pieces, but I've never actually watched it. It's very wacky. It's very irreverent. Yeah, it's very like nonsensical. Yeah, yeah. From what I saw, it looks really funny, but but also I can't see how that marries in a Fantastic Four. But apparently, that's the rumor. It will have multiverse slash time travel elements. I think that that's almost certain. The multiverse stuff, especially. Um, uh, it will skip the origin story and introduce the team as an active presence in the multiverse, setting up future crossover events. Again, I think that's actually quite likely. Um, I think you may see a flashback of some origin stuff, but I think it's going to be more... I think, I think if they're clever, the Fantastic Four will be on a different universe that comes into the sphere with the regular Marvel Universe, cinematic universe or whatever you call it, you know? I, I've got a feeling. Or they, they restart it all from there, potentially. You know? I, but what I'm trying to say is I think it will start on a separate universe. It, that's my honest belief. What do you think, Rich? Well, it kind of have to because you can't really do 
a like I mean I suppose technically you could be like yeah they're from the sixties and then they disappeared yeah you know and now they reemerged but then the problem is did they disappear before anyone knew who the fucking Fantastic Four were or why did the rest of the world forget about the Fantastic Four mm. like mm, so it's yeah it's going to be very tricky. Maybe. As I said, I, I, I still think that they should just reboot the universe and start with the X-Men and Fantastic Four, but they will, they're not going to do that. No. Um, I'm excited. Are you excited, Rich, or are you cautiously optimistic? Like, what, what's your, what is, what is your emotions right now? Fantastic Four? Yeah. Oh, I couldn't give a fuck about it anymore. Wow. All because of Pedro Pascal. And also the lackluster fucking casting of everyone else. <laughs> Like, that doesn't help. Like, if you had cast like other people that maybe that was interested in, I could be like, okay, fine, I fucking can't stand Petra Pascal, but you know the others are cool. Mm. The others are like, oh Jesus Christ, this makes it worse now because now he's going to stand out more as the person. What that about I Josephine? She was alright in Napoleon. Oh, fuck no, man, Jesus Christ. Again, what is uh, fucking overrated? Like, what what is about it that people fucking like? Oh my god, Vanessa Kirby. I'm I just like, thought okay, I, sure. I don't really not know. she's a terrible actress, but good lord, what's the fucking fuss, man? don't know you'd have to ask the market i thought she was good in mission impossible you love mission impossible I yeah she's you... fine but she's not the fucking main character i don't actually give a shit about her anyone can fucking play the character that she's playing for god's sake <laughs> put a wig on and you could play it rich <laughs> damn right <laughs> well richard's not very excited i am and i'm super happy for my friend natalie who just loves petra pascal and i just i i i, I messaged her straight away and said you know, all your dreams have come true. He's going to, I said, this will be your Marvel daddy for years and years now because I guarantee you they've backed the money truck up to him and, and he will be in, regardless of how this movie does, I guarantee you there'll be a lot of Mr. Fantastic in the Marvel Universe in the next few years. You know, even if it's not always in his own movies, I think he's going to be a real presence. Oh, God, it'd be nice if Pedro Pascal's the thing that kills the MCU. Jesus, Richard. You love death riding things, man. You've got to... No, seriously, sometimes you talk like Kurt Cobain. The fucking fuss that people make about this guy, honestly. <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ, the fuss that gets made about this guy. <laughs> I love him. I think he's great. I don't know what your problem is with him. Like, did he hurt you in some way we're not aware of, Rich? Like, did he, you know, I don't know. Like, what did he no, do? Because the problem is, is when people, like, really love these mediocre fucking people, then they show up in fucking everything, and I've got to see them in everything. Did you like Last of Us? Because I enjoyed that. Michelle and I really liked that. No. I, I did watch one episode and I thought it was shit and I've, I will never watch the rest of it. It's a very highly acclaimed show, Richard. Very highly acclaimed, my friend. You know, it won all the awards, my friend. Okay. It's <laughs> like awards mean everything, do they? It does. It didn't pass the Richard test, though. It failed. <laughs> but you hate him as well. I think that's the problem as well. Like, I no, think... no, I never really give gave a shit about him enough. I've seen him in plenty of things, but he was always just like a minor fucking, you know, like he was the bad guy in um, the Equalizer two. Uh, was he? he? Uh, yeah, he was. Uh, yeah, he was the main bad guy in Equalizer two. Okay. Um, wow. Uh, and what uh, fuck what was that movie oh no no the TV show The Mentalist I know that he was like a love interest for the the main detective for a short little bit mm. like I've seen him in things I couldn't didn't even give a crap about him mm. but 
for some reason since the Mandalorian, people just fucking won't shut up about the fucking guy. Like, well, Game you know of Thrones I mean? was, was yeah. utterly was utterly terrible in the Wonder Woman movie. Mm. Um, As Maxwell Lord, uh, yeah, I thought I thought he was actually terrible. I thought he put in a terrible performance <laughs> in that. Um, again, Mandalorian. I don't mean to sound nasty, but literally anyone could fucking do it. He's just so monotone in that. Like, I don't mean to sound nasty, but literally anyone can. Do I that. think he gives a good performance. You know, but that's just me. Again, I don't say he's not. I didn't say he was awful. I'm just he's so fucking mediocre to me. And yeah. every time I see him in an interview or something outside, he just looks like a dirty hobo. And yet people fucking fawn over him. Well, he's popular, man. Like they love him. They think he's genuine. Yeah. You know? I don't mind that if I understand why you're popular and I get why you're popular. I don't get why he's and popular. And he plays up to the sex appeal thing and being the internet's daddy and stuff. So he's a bit of fun as well. Mm. You know. Mm. He's a bit of fun, man. Like, you know, he doesn't take himself too seriously. Like, I like him. I think he's fun. I, You know, but you're the, dude, you're the fucking lone gunman on the fucking hill. Because look out, it could be a fucking Kennedy assassination the way you're talking. Like, I've got to say, for all his fans, he's got one very angry uh, co-host on Signal of Doom uh, batting against him. Jesus. It's not, it's not him that makes me mad. It's his fucking fans like you. <laughs> yeah. I know. That guts all over him. Oh, my God, I'm coming right now just thinking about him. I'm like, oh, Jesus Christ. Me and Natalie are all part of the problem. We love him. Just pop it out the mouth, man. You know, give the drool a bit of a wipe and and just carry on. (laughs) I, I, Look, I'll say this. Richard's got his opinions, um, you know, and he's entitled to them, but I just want to say I love Petro Pascal. I think he's he's really good value. Okay. And what I'm trying to say is, regardless... I, I, don't love, I don't love any actor, even the ones I like. I, I don't love any okay, actor. I respect your opinion, but I do think the the vast majority of, you know, the, the critical wave out there does love him. So I think it's really smart casting because I think he's a very popular name, is what I'm trying to say. So forget about his... I would him Dr. Doom and then he'd be in another helmet and uh, <laughs> he can do a monotone voice. Richard, you're so cruel. Now, uh, Richard, you've got a bit of news here about Xbox, which you which you, you were you messaged me very very excited. What what's going on in Xbox land? Well, not very excited. I just uh, I thought I'd put this in news because we discussed it last week. Is this about the Xbox games me, coming to PS5 or whatever? Yeah, it was? You asked me like my opinion all that because apparently you know every fucking person on the internet <laughs> was having a hissy fit selling the Xbox because the world was coming to an end and Xbox was. Was, was just going to put all their games and all the other platforms and stuff and all that. Right. And I woke up this morning and I saw that they had done an Xbox podcast or something like that where they interviewed the three, like, head honchos. Like Phil Spencer and whoever else. Phil Spencer, this other guy and this other woman. And basically they've just said, like, um, big shock, the internet overreacted once oh, again. Yeah. <laughs> they've said they have, no, they have no plans to go third party. They even currently working on the next generation console, uh-huh. um, which I've said was going to be a big leap in terms of performance and all that. And they've said from time to time they will make certain games multi-platform. Okay. And an example they gave was they've got four games that are coming multi-platform to like Switch and PlayStation. They are older games, games that are over a year old. Oh, so games are already two- out. Exactly, yeah. Games that are already like probably have peaked and will not be getting any more, making them any more money. Yep. They've said two of them are smaller games and two of them are community-driven games. Now, 
Basically, what that means, speculation-wise, is the two community rumor games is more than likely going to be a Sea of Thieves and Grounded because those Sea of are... Thieves is fun. I, I play that sometimes. Yeah, but again, but again, it's one of those games that needs more players. Yes. So it makes sense to put that on. And two of the smaller games could be maybe something like Hi-Fi Rush or right. uh, uh, some other smaller okay, game so that they have. More minor games. Yeah, yeah. Like it's not going to be like Starfield, Indiana Jones, or, oh, or anything like right. that. I see. Okay. So all these people that were like, "Oh my god, all the Xbox games are coming to PlayStation." It's like no. Yeah. Just like PlayStation is releasing, yes, you know, uh, older games onto PC and all that. Xbox is like, oh, okay. Well, if it's reached its potential on our platform, and you know, a year has gone by or two years, and we can make money off another platform, we'll put on another platform, which makes perfect business sense to me. But I agree. If anyone's interested, starting March, mm. the Activision Blizzard games will start coming to Game Pass, starting with Diablo 4. Oh, cool. Okay. Awesome. Wow, that's cool. So that'll be on Games Pass, so you'll get uh, that as part of It's really interesting how that was so fucking blown out of proportion, which yeah. is another reason why I've always said, dear listeners, wait. When people go on nuts and claiming shit, just wait. And I Don't think get on I, must, wagon. I must admit, I'm guilty of overreacting at times, <laughs> frankly. I mean, I have enough self-insight to say that I must admit, I mean, I was loving the news because I thought, great, all these Xbox games will come to my PS5 and I want to play Starfield and Elder Scrolls. But turns out Davey's going to have to put his hand in his pocket and when that Elder Scrolls game comes out, it sounds like I'm going to have to buy that Xbox. Um, the problem is, is there's just too many um, armchair journalists you know all these people on YouTube mm. who think because they sit at their desk mm. and read tweets and stuff that you know rumours online and then go and go like oh well my inside sources tell me it's like dude you fucking read a tweet and you're trying to claim that you've got right. inside sources I like, hope you're not taking a shot at me there with those comments Richard because you know I do I didn't consider myself dude I didn't mention anything. I am a Why journalist you getting so defensive I, well I just want to make the point I am a journalist I conduct interviews and I do have okay, some Dave, sources Dave it's not if it's not you you shouldn't get defensive it makes it look like <laughs> You know? I just felt that there was a little bit of a when you start wow. talking about armchair journalists and I'm sitting in an no, armchair. If you go to YouTube and just right. watch any of these, like, and it doesn't matter whether it's Xbox, doesn't matter if it's Nintendo, yeah. doesn't matter if it's PS5, you've got all these fucking guys who sit in their basement at their computer all day fucking long streaming all that, claiming that they have inside sources and shit, <laughs> and they all, but it's all just one fucking tweet or one rumor, yeah. and they all go running with it, and they all fucking gin up the storm thinking you know and they create this fucking whatever and then narrative. it turns out it's like literally nothing so it's it sounds like a gigantic waste of time like um like who's got time look I, this this is what i said i said obviously i think xbox obviously they would love to have game pass on everything right because they're going to make money then if you know because yeah. everyone's playing the games and paying them the monthly fee but do you do people honestly think that they would just go and drop like how much did they drop like fucking 70 billion dollars or something Right. Acquiring Activision. Do you really yeah, think you're dropping true. that money to go third party? Yeah, no, that's true. They're trying to... But honestly, do you, do you think they went and bought Bethesda? They bought Activision Blizzard. Yeah. They're trying to future-proof their... Third party. They're trying to future-proof like, It's just so con- stupid. Yeah, they're trying to future-proof their console by those acquisitions, you know? Because they yeah. know that in the future, um, Bethesda and Activision will give them so much content and product 
that they can pump that onto their no, console. If you've got the money like they do, it's a smart buy because Activision is, yeah, is not is. just obviously Activision and Blizzard, but it's, uh, what's that, King, the mobile, you know, um, games that make like the Candy Crush and all that sort of shit. That's also right. owned by so King. Because it's, just... it's actually technically King Activision Blizzard. But people yep. always forget about the King part because that's the mobile division. Right. So they are trying to make roads into mobile gaming. That's why Game Pass you can get on your phone. Yeah. And there's and there's certain games you can literally play on your phone. They are trying to get into that mobile market and that sort of on the go. But I just don't think they want to make a handheld. You know what I you know what I got today? I upgraded uh, to the EA Play um, subscription on my PS5 so that I can play like FIFA's and um, Madden and stuff. And I also upgraded my PlayStation, whatever you call it, like Plus to Deluxe. It was it didn't cost much more. It was a small amount of money. Just it had a couple of things on it that I wanted. I don't know. Yeah, I'm. Look, I, I, I look. I famously, I, I'm, I'm one of these people who. I love my Xbox and I love my PS5. I have no real favoritism at all, to, to be honest. You know what I mean? So, I, well, I mean, I, wanna... I do, but as I've always said, like, it's the controller. Like, yeah. The reason I play on Xbox and I've always played on Xbox was as soon as the Xbox came out. Yeah. It just to me the the thumb placements of the sticks. Yeah. Yeah. Which is so much more comfortable than the PlayStation. I know. So just ever since then, I was like, oh, man, if it comes on, an, if, if there's a game and it comes on Xbox, then I'm going to get on the Xbox. I'm not going to get on the PlayStation. Sure. Um, but you, you adjust to either one. Like, I was like that because I, I didn't have a PS4, so I played all my Xbox One, and I loved my Xbox One. I have two. And then when, it, when the PS5 came out, I did get one. And, I mean, there is an adjustment period, but before you know it, you're not even aware of it, really. Mm. You know. Yeah, but I, it is for me though because I've obviously been playing consoles since PS One, sure. and they've never changed it. Yeah. And the PS Four was the first time I didn't buy a PlayStation. Otherwise, I've always owned a PlayStation: PS One, PS Two, PS Three, and even now PS Five. Like yeah. I've also always always owned a PlayStation because obviously there's certain exclusives that you have to get there. But I'm sorry, but because I'm always playing on both consoles... Yeah, you can judge. It's different. Now, again, yes, maybe if I stopped playing on the Xbox and just played on the PlayStation, yes, maybe then I would adapt and get used to it. But I can't because I predominantly play on the Xbox and then I'm only playing the PlayStation when it's an exclusive. So do you have... Because I know you've got the Xbox Games Pass. Do you buy the PlayStation one as well or you don't bother? But we don't need to. No, 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 no. Because yeah. they don't put their day one games on there. Like, if a new game comes out, it doesn't come on their thing. I would have yeah. to buy it to play yeah. it. So there's no point in me signing up for that. So. Cool. Okay. Um, all right. You know what fucks me over, by the way? Because mm. I love playing on my Switch as well. Mm. The fucking buttons are the wrong way around. Really? <laughs> well, you know how, like, um, the this confirm button, right? Or the A button, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. You know, that's usually like sort of like, so on Xbox, it goes A, B, X, Y. Yeah. Right? It's the other way around with the Nintendo. It goes B, A, Y, X. So because I'm so used to following prompts that when it says press Y, I press the top. Yeah. Trying, you know, the top button, but it's not. That's the left. That's it. Uh, it keeps fucking me everywhere. I keep going to confirm something, but then I back out oh, of it yeah, because I'm yeah. pressing the B button. Oh my god, I love playing the Switch, 
But again, because I play so much on the Xbox, it keeps fucking me out <laughs> in place. It's fucking annoying. Oh, dude, like, the, there would be nothing more annoying than having to switch between different consoles, uh, button, you know, controllers constantly. Like, that was why, when I got my PS5, uh, basically, I was just finishing um, uh, Assassin's Creed Valhalla on the Xbox, and then I made the conscious the thing. I was like, from now on, because I found it so disconcerting to jump between the two, like with the with the controllers, and um, you, and then I was like, okay, so basically I'm cotton balling my Xbox games, and I'm just going to use PS Five. But but that was why because I was like, I really, I find it really hard to just switch between the two constantly. If you know what I mean. Like, mm. it's like driving a car with some certain way of doing the gears and you hop in another one, it's got a completely different style. And it's not that different, but it's just slightly different. It's enough to be annoying, you know, and and that's why. So, yeah, no, I, I get that, man, you know. But I think in general, like, in all, in all fairness, I think you are a better gamer than me. I, I always feel like, like, I just feel like I love it, but I just always feel like I want to be, like, better. Not yet, but but also for me, I'm. It's like I want to, but like, but then I do. Like I really enjoy it when I get into a game deeply. That's one of my pleasures in life. But I have to fight what's almost like an ADD thing with me, where I have to to to, to get into those games. You know, I play those big fantasy games. It always takes me like a real effort, and then I get in there, and I'm so happy. And sometimes yeah. I, I look back on it and I'm like, because I, I do love those in-depth fantasy games. And then sometimes I have memories. I'm like, wow, I was so happy, so deep into that game. What game was it? Like, it was so immersive. Like, I always find that, no matter what console, I always find that really rewarding if it's a good game. Like, going way back to games like Fable 2 and stuff like that. Like, remember I used to play that all the time? I played that so much. Mm. And, like, in some ways it's kind of a lame game, but in other ways it was really fun. You know, like, it's it's so hard to describe. Like, there was so much going on. No, I think everyone loved Fable 2. Yeah, I, I liked it. I liked it. I, I, I also thought it was nice to have a game that was fantasy, that wasn't, like, super serious, if you know what I mean. Like, you know, it had a lighter touch to it kind of thing, even though you were doing all sorts of... It was very British. Yeah, I, I dug it. I thought it was cool. Now, Michael Kellishim has some exclusive Signal of Doom Super Bowl coverage. Um, oh, my God. Like, I, I don't mind the NFL, but I, I have not watched it recently. But fucking Taylor Swift, who I like, and this fucking guy that she's obviously hooking up with, and just the level of attention. I like Taylor Swift songs. Don't get me wrong. I like Taylor Swift. But, like, suddenly the Super Bowl is all about Taylor Swift, you know, which is kind of funny. Um, she was there with um, her bestie, Blake Lively, Mrs. Deadpool. Um, and Michael Kellishan was saying Swift wore a black cami top, some hideous pants, and her um, boyfriend's jersey number. Some people on the field attempting to distract the audience from Miss Swift by tossing a ball around and running back and forth, but thankfully the camera crew <laughs> didn't feel much of the haters and kept the cameras on Taylor the entire night where they belong. Taylor wins. Now, I do like Taylor Swift, and in fact, I was listening to her today. I like her music. I also am... <laughs> I will say this. I am impressed by just how big 
and how successful she is as well. And I genuinely do like her music. She has a formula, but she does what she does very well. But um, I you, agree, Dave. It's very formulaic. It is well. It is formulaic. Having having followed her from literally, I'm 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 dating myself, but I was listening on the first album, and I'm not kidding. When it was more country, because now it's very poppy. Uh, most of the time, some of the stuff is a bit more country, but like most of her stuff over the last, say, I don't know, five or six years has been pretty poppy, you know. But I like her. I, I, I think she's fun. But um, she's in Australia actually. She's playing MCG tonight. She's probably playing MCG as we're recording. Uh, apparently, now take this to the grain of salt. Apparently, it's her biggest concert ever in terms of audience, which surprises me because I would have thought mm, that some of the okay. stuff. I would have thought some of the stadiums in the US would have been as big as the MCG. Yeah, I'll, I'll take that with a grain of salt. Thanks. I'll I'll prep. Sure. I'll uh, press well, X to doubt. Yeah, I, I have no idea, but I, I would have thought there'd be stadiums in the US that were as big as the MCG. Sounds like Australian propaganda to me. Ah, uh, here we go again, Rich. I was, you know, I was driving today, and you came up in my mind, and <laughs> and some of your anti-Australian was. I saw something or other. Some of your anti-Australia comments, especially in regards to our cricket team, were really sticky in my craw, and I was almost <laughs> wishing you were there because I was. Yeah, like, but you have to admit that Australia has a has a has a I, habit of talking themselves up. I love our cricket team, and no, I'm not talking about cricket. I'm just talking about in general. Right. Well, so so we should. Why like not? if there's a if there's a bushfire in India and we send five Australians over to help, <laughs> then the news becomes about the five fucking Australian firefighters. Listen. We're the greatest country on earth, Richard. I'll hear nothing more. Oh, you know. And, you know, um, we have the greatest cricket team ever. And, you know, but it was for some reason, I don't know what it was, but I, but I, my mind was replaying some of your comments, especially in regards to the cricketers, and it was really sticking in my craw. And I thought, I'm going to mention this to Richard tonight. The, you're, you're living in this country. You're living in this country, Richard. I'm surprised that you don't sometimes think to yourself, I mean, you know, what am I doing criticising the Australian cricket team and Australia in general? Oh, you know what it was? Someone's got to because you fuckers aren't going to do it. I know what it was. It was you last show going on about what what Australia would have to offer the invading force. And it's, mm. it so happened. We're the biggest iron ore producer in the world. So we have commodities. That's, that's, the, that's the main thing. Australia is very commodity rich. So that's the main thing that countries like a China or something would um would want. That's the main thing. We're very all the resources of the mining. That's 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 I mean the Australian economy's basically built on it. Which I believe a lot of Australians are trying to get shut down. Yeah, I'm not gonna get into those kind of politics, but I'm just saying that like that's that's the biggest commodity in Australia. We are the world's biggest iron ore exporter. And I heard that there on the I asked the question and you gave me the answer. I didn't wasn't saying it in I was genuinely curious as to what would be the benefits of conquering Australia. Much like your armchair journalist comment, though, I, I detected a little bit of a dig. You know, I could just, I could sense it more than anything, Richard. And As someone who's been living here for 20 years, I'm just curious as to why <laughs> someone would invade Australia because I've never seen the, hey. I've never seen the strategic advantage of, like, Australia. Like, maybe, maybe they want land is uninhabitable. <laughs> it's very far removed from everything. Like, you know what I mean? Like, even for, like, maybe attacking your enemies, it's not exactly in a fucking, you know, oh, it's a prime location for, like, trade and fucking, you know. Like, I was just curious, what would be the fucking tactical benefit I, of conquering Australia? I, I thought of something they might want, our five fucking World Cups. There you go. There's something. 
You know, sure, I'm, sure that was, I'm sure that was on the. Uh, they probably that was on the, the the conquer list. They're probably sitting in Ricky Ponnings and Steve Wars basements right now. You know, and um, <laughs> yeah, so yeah, I, yeah, and you probably enjoyed the fact that I was driving and I was like, yeah, that's right, Richie, with all these fucking comments. Yeah, I was like, I was like, yeah, he he needs to make a comment. It was a question. Yeah, but some of the comments you've made towards the cricketers have been, I feel, oh, I'm not going to fucking deny that. Outrageous. No, I'm not deny that. I'm I'm open and honest about that. Are you happy now that Dave Warner's finally gone into the sunset? Yeah. Uh, would have preferred that he he, he failed miserably. <laughs> he went out of winter, Rich. Um, yeah. Sadly. All right. Now, we've got some Dave Batista news here. Did you want to um, take us through this? Mm-hmm. Because it relates to James Gunn and fucking Dave Batista's love. Uh, let's, let's, let's read this. Dave Batista is pathetic. <laughs> After letting it be known how desperate he is to be cast in any future James Gunn DCU projects, Gunn played along by asking his social media followers what role they would like to see Batista uh. play. Casting on threads, even more degrading than the casting couch. Sigler view discussion, which role should Batista play in a DCU? Kalish says Snapper Car. Fuck, I think he would ruin Snapper Car, one of my favourite characters, but um, I, I, I am like much like you with um, Pedro Pascal, I just do not understand the hype on Dave Batista. Like, I think he's Okay, like he's decent as Groot, but it's a one trick no, pony. He's not Groot, man, isn't he? No, no, Drax. Sorry, no, Drax, Drax. Drax. Yeah, Drax. Whatever. Like, I couldn't care less, really. What I'm trying to say is, he he's decent as Drax, but he's a one trick pony in everything else I've ever seen him in. The only thing that I think I've seen him in where I thought he actually acted decently was that sequel to Knives Out. I thought he was somewhat entertaining there. That was the first time, actually. I thought he was, like, I thought he was boring as batshit in Blade Runner 2049, and apparently he, everyone thought he was fantastic, and I was just like, really? Like, he was barely in there, man. He was in there for, like, five seconds. I, I saw people appraising his performance, and I was like, why? Like, it was like, it was like a heavy. It was all he was. But in that sequel to Knives Out, and I'm forgetting what the name of it is, he was decent. He plays like an ego. Have you seen it? He plays like an egotistical sort of like some sort of. No, uh, I've I've not watched any of those. Some sort of six, okay. knives out onion, whatever the fuck. It yes, is. glass onion. Maybe that's what it's called. But but he was decent. In that. He plays like an entrepreneur, like an egotistical entrepreneur. He was actually quite good. That's the only movie that I've seen him in where I think, yeah, this guy actually can act uh, and like show a bit of comedy and this and that, like. I mean, I mean he, I'm sure yeah. he can act. The problem is, is that his fucking tattoos and his size kind of limits, yeah. you know, what he can be cast in. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's it's uh, it's going to be really hard when you look like that to like get the roles that you want to get. Sadly, well, surely he like I'm going to say a role that he could play KGB Beast. There you go. This one. <laughs> Um, Solomon Grundy. Well I, mean, well, I mean, technically, there's lots of roles he can play. Solomon Grundy, born on a Monday. There you go. There's another one. Uh, I definitely want Grundy to be CG, though. Okay, but I'm just naming roles that he could potentially play. You know, who? What no, other, you could certainly do the voice for Grundy. What other heavies are there in the DC universe? Like Clayface, well, Bane, Clayface. Obviously. Yeah, there's Bane. Yeah, I wouldn't want him to be Bane, but he could play Bane. But I wouldn't want him to play Bane. At all. I think he'd be fucking awful as Bane. 
Um, I know that's what a lot of people want him to play. Well, it's the most obvious one. We should ask Chuck. Would you want Dave Bautista to play Bane? Chuck created him. Yeah, actually, it would be Bane nice Nolan. to know who Chuck would, uh, who's Chuck's fantasy casting would be. Yeah, exactly. Chuck would probably also be interested in what kind of size check he'd be getting as well, I would imagine, which is fair. <laughs> yes. Um, I think Dave Bautista would be fucking awful, actually, frankly, as Bane. I think he would ruin it. Um, I mean, Tom Hardy was pretty good as Bane. He had that voice. That voice was funny. No, I thought it was terrible. <laughs> Mr. Wing. Um, what, was his, what was his voice like? It was like, Gotham shall burn. <laughs> Can you do the voice, Rich? Do you, have you got the voice? Like, it was uh, like... Jesus, I haven't done it in such a long time. <clears throat> it's, it's a really weird voice because it's, it's like strange. a weird helium voice. <laughs> yeah. So it's like this, like... Nobody cared who I was till I put on the mask. <laughs> It's like a really Sean Connery yeah, took a weird helium yeah, balloon. Yeah, it's like Sean Connery but higher. But yeah, it's very yeah, short. Like it was, it was some tainted uh, helium balloon that they gave to Sean Connery before, like uh, doing a role. Yeah, it's so funny. Um, yeah, look, I, I we all know just like his fucking brother Sean Gunn, we know that James Gunn's going to cast a Batista in something, and unfortunately, because like. He, he made, actually, the very wise decision when James Gunn got fired to publicly support him, you know, and really go into bat for him because he inevitably, like, you know, public perception shifted and James Gunn came back in a favour, um, which wasn't, which wasn't you know, 100% likely. Well, when it happened, it was very much of a 50-50, you know, and then, but he made that wise decision then, so he's kind of played his cards right, actually, old Dave Batista. Did the whole thing, you know, like I won't go, I won't play any more drags unless I get James Gunn back. It's like, and I remember thinking, I couldn't give a fuck if you played more drags. Like, seriously, like, I, I, I know, like, I liked Guardians Three, but you know, I thought Guardians Three was much better than Guardians Two. But like, you know, Dave Bautista as Drax to me offered less and less as that series went on. I felt he, I felt he got worse. That's my opinion. Um, yeah, but he also got older and wasn't as, like, mm. beefy, I guess, and so they maybe had to sort of tone him down. Yeah. I don't know. Like, But, again, there's just only so much you can do with, like, Drax. I mean, you know. <laughs> I, I mean, agree. Like, That's one of the main reasons I can't stand him. Now, we have some big news. This comes from Adam in the computer. The DC versus Marvel omnibus is happening, Rich. Uh, there's two yeah, omnibus, okay. there's two omnibuses okay. coming. DC versus Marvel and the DC Amalgam Age. So I want to run through the things going to be in the DC versus Marvel omnibus. Batman slash Captain America one by John Byrne and Michael says it's a very good issue. Batman Daredevil, Batman Punisher Lake of Fire. That's Denny O'Neill. Batman Spider Man one, um, which I believe is um, well I know was is James Mateus. Um, Daredevil Batman 1, I've never read that one. DC Special Series 27, Darkseid versus Galactus The Hunger. Wow, that sounds interesting. Green Lantern Silver Surfer, I know that's a Romars uh, joint. Um, Incredible Hog versus Superman, wow. Um, Marvel and DC present featuring the Uncanny X-Men and New Titans, New Teen Titans, I know that's a very famous one. Marvel Treasury Edition, Punisher, Batman, Deadly Knights one. That's the Chuck Dixon, uh, John Romita Jr. I love that. I love that one shot. Silver Surfer, Superman. I've never read that. Spider-Man and Batman. That's the other James Dimitri. He did two. 
Um, one of them is with Mark Bagley. Uh, Superman vs. The Amazing Spider-Man. I've read that one. It's good. Superman Fantastic Four. I've not read that one. So that's one omnibus. So I will 100% be getting that. Will you be getting that, Rich? Does this interest you? Oh, yeah, yeah. I actually... Um, so I, I actually own a few of these in floppies. Okay. Uh, then we have DC Marvel The Amalgamage. So this was when they did DC versus Marvel... And then mm-hmm. they did the Amalgam comics where they combined the characters. Which now, I've also got a lot of these in floppies as well. That's great. So DC versus Marvel 1 to 4. We've done this on the show. I love it. DC, ver- DC Marvel All Access 1 to 4. I've not read this. Unlimited Access 1 to 4. not read that. Bat Thing 1. Bruce Wayne. Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. 1. Bullets and Bracelets 1. Challenge of the Fantastic. Doctor Strange Fate. Iron Lantern. Legends of the Dark Claw. Lobo the Duck. We, oh, I've read that one. Uh, Speed Demon, Speed Boy. Um, oh my Spider-Boy. God! Do you know what was their missed opportunity? So you know they had there for some reason they amalgamated Wolverine and Batman. Yeah, Iron Claw. Yeah, but I always thought to myself that was Dark such Claw. a wasted thing because it should have been Daredevil. It was Dark Claw, actually. Yeah, yeah. Because but, Daredevil yeah. is blind and bats work by sonar, and so to make Matt Murdock, they should have made Matt Murdock like the Batman. But they probably like, wanted to merge the two um, most popular, and at the time Wolverine. Yeah, but I, or, that was the one that f- I fucking hated the most, I'll be honest with you. Like, Jesus. I quite liked the Superman Captain America one. I, I quite liked the Superboy Spider-Man sort of one. Uh, I liked the... Um, the X-Men and Teen Titans sort of, but the one that just, I f- and then there was a Doctor Strange Fate, yes. I believe it was like, yes. but the one that made no sense to me was the fucking Wolverine Batman, like, amalgam. I was like, well, that doesn't make any fucking sense. Well, the two that I got were Iron Lantern, because everyone knows I like Iron Man, and I was reading Green Lantern at the time, so I got that, and I think I got Dark Claw. There's two Dark Claws. I think there's the animated one, and then there's the um, regular one. I think, I, unless I'm wrong, maybe I'm wrong, but I, I, I seem to recall there was two Dark Claws. Anyway, um, there's Thor of the New Asgods, X Patrol one as well, and Spider Boy one. So I think I'm going to get both. Actually, man, why not? You know, am I am I misremembering? I, I feel like there was two. Maybe I'm wrong. I had a feeling that there was two Dark Claws, like an original one, and then there was the second one. But maybe I'm totally wrong there. Someone, someone. Got get... I don't remember the one. I don't remember. Yeah, maybe. Um, now I said that I watched Aquaman two the other night, and um, let me tell you, wow, the the audience reaction in the room was was poor. And in fact, my dad ended up turning it off with about ten minutes to go. He said, "I've had enough." <laughs> He said, "He said I've had enough, and it was the end of the movie, <laughs> and no one complained." Um, it's like it's. It, I mean, it's visually brilliant. It is visually so stunning what they've done. The storyline is the normal weak storyline these movies have, but it's not helped by Jason Momoa's just like oh bloated egocentric performance like you know like this is not Aquaman firstly can I say like 
yeah, it's just it, it's, it's it definitely feel as I've always said, it feels more like the um, Brave and the Bold Aquaman. Yeah, you know the the one who's going outrageous, like and is yeah, like true. larger than life. True, that's what that that's what that Aquaman feels like. That is true, and you you know what I I, I think part of the problem is like. I don't know. It's it's got some decent moments. Like I look, I certainly out of everyone in the room, I was the most forgiving one. You know, everyone else was kind of like, you know, didn't really rate it at all. But I I, I I thought it was decent enough. It's probably a six out of ten, and I could be being generous there. You know, like honestly. Um, but put it this way, like. It certainly wasn't... No one was going, oh, man, we need Aquaman 3, you know? Now, I, out of interest, I sort of wanted to do uh, a bit of a numbers analysis on Aquaman 2. So, as of February 11, Aquaman 2 had grossed $429 million. International numbers made up 71% of the total, 307. The US domestic office was $122 million, which is not great. But, the, you know... Like, it's not even grossing in the week's top ten films, but it's still being played in theatres, with some southeast Michigan theatres airing five sessions a day. Worldwide 2023 numbers had it ranked at 14, behind Transformers and Ant-Man 3. Even with those lukewarm numbers, Aquaman 2 made more money than Blue Beetle and Shazam 2 combined. And yeah, what I noticed was some strongish international numbers helped this movie at least make some sort of a profit, um, you know, slightly more than break-even. Like... And it's not, like, put it this way, against the Marvels, this looks like fucking Citizen Kane. You know, this is... this is the f- That also happened with the first Aquaman, though. It made more money overseas. Like, yeah. the overseas is what carried that movie, the yeah. first movie. Yeah. Well, the first one made around $800 million, you know, so... Um, I think it made it... Well, it made a billion overall. Okay. All right, well, okay. So... But again, I... All of that, almost like ninety percent of that, like came from overseas, overseas not states. Okay, that's interesting. Look, it's um, it's how can I say? Like, as a movie, as a formula, it follows the formula and and plays the beats, and it does look great. Um, it's Jason Momoa. I mean, I hate to say this, he can barely, barely act. You know, like, it's it, it's so... Like, he's really not trying, you know. It, maybe he thinks he's trying, but the only thing he was trying was my patience. Um, and Nicole Kidman's awful in her scenes, just really bad. Um, I, I, I sometimes love it when you get the serious actors turning up for the money, you know, and they're doing the action scenes, and you just think, this is so unbelievable, like, really, like... And the whole thing, it feels quite self-indulgent, but also you get the feeling like they really sunk some cash into it because it does look great. And that does help it. Like, honestly, some of those visuals can carry, you know, things a fair bit. You know you know this from comics. Like, strong visuals can sway an audience, and they were swaying me. I was like, yeah, this is pretty impressive. Like, I was, I was pretty... And my, I said to my sister, Michelle and I said this before we were watching the movie because we watched about the first half of it um, about a week before. And we sort of said it's very much Star Wars underwater. And I said that to my sister and she goes, oh, no way. We're watching it. And my mother goes, well, this is Star Wars underwater. And it really is. Now, I'm not saying it's as of that quality, you know, and that impact, but the look of it, um, 
James Wan did an impressive job visually. You know, I mean, this is this, and this is the second one you took. This is the second Aquaman one you're talking two. about, right? Two. Yeah, Aquaman two. Yeah, um, it's got some. Very... That one definitely felt like Lord of the Rings underwater to me. Yeah, well, this one is much more Star Warsy in in terms of what they're of what they're doing. There's very much like the Cantina scene, the mm. Jabba the Hutt scene, um, and the visuals are really impressive of the cities and stuff. You know. Um, okay. Yep. But it's a paper thin storyline. You know, really, honestly, like it's it, it's a, it's a, it's almost barely a story rich. You know, like Black Manta has made a pact with like some sort of a dark god when he picked up this trident and he's um it's kind of kind of got a climate change storyline in there in a weird way. Like he's he's putting all this energy bars, this weird energy, like the the, the DC's version of like a vibranium. And burning it all up and it's causing all the temperatures to overheat and all the animals are becoming large and it doesn't make a lot of sense, you know, really, you know, when you think about it, like it doesn't make much mm. sense at all. But but um so it has that against it, but like as I said, I'd give it a six and I'm probably being slightly generous. Um but it's not the financial bomb that you would have thought, like, because they really didn't market it at all. They've 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 tossed it out there to the market and it's made reasonable numbers, you know. Um you know, like look at Marvels. I mean, that completely bombed. That is, by Marvels is <clears throat> so much of a worse movie. Like so much. You know, really. I mean, I, I I feel I was generous when I gave Marvels two out of ten. You know. Yeah, there, Rich. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I thought. Yeah, I... it's a, it's not like the Marvel. Like it's yeah, it's it's more watchable than the Marvels, is what you're saying. Oh, it's definitely more watchable. You yeah, know, a hundred percent, man. Like, um, yeah, like I mean, I, I actually didn't have that bad of a time with it, to be honest. Like in my little, I don't mean to sound like Kevin Smith. Like I'm sobbing because it was just so incredible. They made an Aquaman too. No, more like if I'm watching it by myself at night, it's the kind of thing where I'd be like, yeah, it's okay. You got two hours to waste. Yeah, <laughs> and I and like sometimes with my watching habits. I sometimes will watch stuff that, that yeah, I, I know it's no masterpiece, but my brain is in a chill-down mode, you know, like I don't want to be challenged, you know what I mean? And, you know, once through, it's, it's you know what it's similar to? Um, some of the Transformers movies uh, that aren't great movies at all, but, like, they're kind of fun to watch, like, once and then forget about because it's, 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 it's like a bit of a better version of that. Um, so six out of ten is my is my final score. Now this was funny. Uh, Tomb Raider games, which have been, I guess, re-released like the classics, and and they're warning apparently that some of these games have elements that contain offensive stereotypes. And, oh. I, and I was like, what? Like Lara Croft in a fucking tank top <laughs> with the big tits? Remember, like her big tits back in the pixelated era. <laughs> You, you remember, Richard? Uh, I don't know, man. I, 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 honestly, I find this new world that I live in very. It's it's very hard to to follow and keep things straight because sure. people will tell you that you shouldn't, you know, don't objectify women, don't sexualize women. Sure. And then, then they'll also say that women can be sexy and can do OnlyFans, and that's. Then and that's empowering, and you're like, I, I'm so fucking confused right now because you're saying one thing and then contradicting yourself. It's all bullshit, man. You know what I mean? So, 
Yeah, but it's one of those things where it's like, oh, okay, so women can sexualize themselves. Sure. But you can't sexualize. But then, I'm, then, but then my brain goes, but what's the fucking difference? And at the same time, though, dude, they're on OnlyFans taking requests for cash. So, you know, yeah. yeah. And at least with Laura Croft, at least it's a fictional fucking woman being sexualized. Dude, <laughs> I couldn't. A real I, fucking woman. I, I couldn't give a fucking shit about this. Like, I just thought it was funny. You know, really, like this whole like, oh, this. It's like when you watch a movie. This may contain, you know, scenes that aren't, you know, right comfortable for modern viewers. It's like, oh, Jesus Christ! Just play the fucking film. How about but that? It, you know. But it's just so weird to me because I mean, like, it's not a. It's a double standard. No, it's not a double standard. I, if I play a game, like I said, like okay, let's go Uncharted, right? Nathan Drake. Sure. He's fucking handsome, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. He's not. He's not some fucking fat schlub. He's fit. He's handsome. He, you know, he's clothes. You know, they they show off his body. He wears like a tight top. But he, but he's a good looking. He's a fucking handsome guy sure. in the game. Yeah, no yeah. So then what's the then what's the problem with making Lara Croft sexy and attractive? Like I just I don't fucking understand why people say there's a there's there's a, a double standard. No, there's not. I prefer sexy people. Period. <laughs> like if I'm going to sure. play a game, I don't care if it's a male or a female. I want to play as a good-looking fucking person mm. that's easy on the eyes. I want to play as a fucking average Joe schlub, sure. you know, yeah. thing. I just have no interest in that. Good point, Rich. Anyway, I just thought it was funny. Um, now, your favourite show, Terminal List, is getting a prequel starring one of the Hemsworths. I think it might be Liam. Luke Hemsworth? I didn't even know there was a He's Luke. the third one. Hemsworth? Yeah, so he's the one who's not Chris or Liam. He's the other one, yeah. So it wasn't Thanks, Term- Dave. Wasn't Terminal he's the List? One who's not was like, he's like the youngest one, I think. He's like the youngest one. He's like the he, in multiplicity. He's like the clone of the clone of the clone. You know, he's the oh, guy with the he's the guy with the propeller on his head. <laughs> <laughs> um, he's probably happy to get a role. Uh, where are you on this? You're a big fan of Terminal List, weren't you? Wasn't this the Chris Pratt thing? Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Um, again, another one. Based, uh, I think Amazon's kind of been hitting it out the park by finding dad shows because they yeah. they're finding good books to adapt. You know, obviously, like they're doing Reacher, and then they've done this Terminal List. Um, they've got Bosch. It's a good, Bosch, I, my dad's my dad's favorite yeah, show. I Bosch, like, Jesus. I feel like that's what Netflix should be doing as well. Is instead of like trying to make your own original shit, right? Just go fucking find books that you can adapt into shows. Yeah. Good point, Rich. And it comes with a pre-built-in audience, and at least you know what works. Instead of getting hiring these fucking idiots who can't write scripts to fucking bang out terrible fucking movie ideas or oh, terrible, yeah. show ideas, like seriously. Yeah, no, I think Amazon um, have certainly... Uh, look, I can tell you, my dad and my mother, basically my mother's had no choice. They've watched every fucking episode of Bosch there is. I want to, I've started watching it now too because I've seen so much of it when I'm around their, their house that I'm like, this is actually pretty good. Um, and he is the biggest Jack Reacher fan. Oh, my God. Like, he's so happy about Jack Reacher. Like, it was the one time he ever showed interest in show news. I'm like, yeah, the Jack Reacher show's coming. He's like, when? When? <laughs> he wants a date. Said his fucking alarm by. <laughs> like, and I swear to God, I can't think of another time in life where he's ever been, like, waiting for the date of a TV show in his life. It's so funny. Like, you'd have to go back to, like, the bill back in the <laughs> 80s or 90s. Like, seriously, it's so funny to me. Now, this was funny. I mean, kind of tragic, but funny. Eric Idle, the renowned Monty Python uh, comedian, 
uh, complained about being broke. He also complained that the Monty Python finances are being um, controlled by uh, Terry Gilliam, who's one of the members, the film director. Her, his daughter is a lawyer. She controls the finances. They own it all. He was just saying the income stream has fallen off so radically. He complains about being broke at age of 80, you know, blah, blah, blah. Like, I mean, honestly, like, how broke can this guy be? I mean, really, when you think about it, like, he'd be still earning a pretty decent chunk of change yearly. I mean, he'd be... I think he was probably... They said that apparently every Monty Python member gets about $2.5 million a year minimum. From 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 the old stuff. Now, I don't know. I'm just like, what what kind of lifestyle is this guy leaving? He and he was saying my finances are a mess. I mean, it's interesting. And 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 John Cleese was trading barbs with him on Twitter, and yeah, that they apparently hate each other. And John Cleese said, yeah, we despise each other. Um, yeah, it's just what what if, what what do you think about this, Rich? Like, is this a guy living beyond his yeah. means? You've got to be. Uh, yeah, I think the the problem is is you know, I mean, years have gone by, and you've also got to be very careful with these guys because they're so used to barbing with each other that they could say it as a joke, mm. like, oh, you know, we hate and despise each other because it's very Monty Python. Sure. To like, I mean, if you've ever seen them in interviews, Jesus Christ, the barbs. Yeah. You know, not, not just at each other, but at themselves and all this sort of shit, how they laugh at their, like, misfortunes and their marriages and their mm. family and all that sort of shit. So it's going to be very hard to know, like, what's said in jest and all that. But also, it's like, yeah, you don't... I mean, maybe he did manage his money poorly and he's trying to blame it on someone else and, mm. you know, if his daughter's going to stick up for him and all that sort of stuff. It's like, it's really, yeah, it's one of those things where it's, it's going to be a load of fingers, uh, fingers, fingers pointing at each other and people making claims but again like if he's the only one that's having an issue then uh, do you know what i mean like i could understand if like all the remaining pythons came in and were like yeah shit man money is shit this person's crap yeah but it's only idle so yeah maybe it's a problem on his end or or maybe yeah or maybe the chick holly whatever hates him i don't like that's the thing like there's very little information to go on, uh, and it's not like all all the remaining pythons are complaining about money issues. So, and John Cleese was like, and I, he was doing the. I mean, I was kind of surprised he did this. He was like, I, I think she's excellent and done very well, and I want to mention that Michael Palin has said to say that he also agrees with me, and I was like, wow, okay, so he's roping in like you know voters from from other sections. I don't know. I mean, look at the end of the day. I mean, the guy. He, if he's earning, let's say he's earning, you know, two or three million a year, but he's spending five, he's going to run into problems at some point, isn't he? You know, like if he's, you know what I mean. If you're consistently uh, spending more than you're earning, and at some point it's going to bite you if you don't have, I mean, you know, I, I don't know. Like I, I thought that he would have been. I mean, he had spam a lot. His that musical which ran on Broadway for a long time, mm. but. Again, again, he was saying Spamalot made a lot of money 20 years ago. As far as I'm aware, it's still running, maybe not on Broadway, but, you know, musicals can be very expensive. So maybe he ended up losing money, you know, in later years, you know, when maybe the buzz died down off it, because it certainly had its moment in the sun. But um, yeah. we don't know. I mean, it's interesting. Uh and he's like, I ha I'm having to work now at 80. I mean, John Cleese is still working, I mean, but he always blames on his divorces. 
Um, yeah, 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 but but he's had multiple divorces, but he's not complaining about his Python money. Like, no. if anyone, like, I think Idol's actually been married maybe only had one divorce, but I know he's definitely been with a wife for, like, a long, long, long time. Yeah. Maybe. I mean, John Cleese, yeah, he's had way more financial issues than he's, like, I don't have any issues with. Yeah. Like, so, again, that's weird if the guy who's literally had, like, fucking four wives... <laughs> Well, I mean, at the, end, at the end of the day, he he's always managed to make cash and bank, and if he's yeah. and also if you're more clever with your money, you can write out a few downturns. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. It's really like this is going to be one of those things where it's going to take time for any sort of truth, if at all, Forensic, to come out. So. Yeah, I mean, exactly, and and I mean, like I hate to say it, but if he's been putting up a lot of his career up his nose, you know, that could mm. be a problem. You know. We don't know. And I'll be honest with you. For all we know, it could be a fucking troll, could be yeah. a bit, and yeah. there's like a fucking reunion That's or true. show coming out, and it's all been a thing to like get people tr- like, and like, yeah, yeah. Watch this space. <laughs> That's that, and that wouldn't stun me. You know, that no. would not stun me at all. That it was a, it was a Monty Python bit, uh, orchestrated by the remaining members, and what do you know? Guess what? In shops, there's another Monty Python, you know, Blu-ray DVD set, blah blah blah. Um, you know, nothing, nothing like that would surprise you. Now, Michael Kellershim loves to do his decline and falls. Um, he was saying decline and fall of the Western video game industry. In the last 14 months, over 16,000 jobs have been lost in the Western video game industry. These layoffs are almost exclusively Western studios and American workers. What about Japan? According to YouTuber Good Vibes Gaming, this has to do with the Japanese laws that make it legal to fire staff of the company is still profitable. That's interesting. For example, Microsoft and Epic Studios have laid off over 2,500 employees while still showing growth and profits. In Japan, sufficient costs must be shown to downsize employees in that it does not include trying to increase profits. If Japanese studios ship workers, it's usually in America or Canada. Also, this was interesting, CEOs of massive studios like EA and Activision can make between 30 to 130 million per year. Well, the average Japanese CEO makes one to one to two million. Well, that's that is a big factor because some of the CEOs really are taking home big, and, big paychecks. And it even makes it even more impressive. Do you know how many times a Japanese CEO will take a pay cut so that they don't have to fire people? So to be able to turn a profit, like in fact, the Nintendo uh, CEO who passed away, unfortunately. A couple of years back, uh, oh shit, what's his name? Uh, Siowado or something like that. He he also made uh, headlines because at a time when there was financial support, he literally cut his pay by like fifty percent or more, um, so that the company could post. You know what I mean? Like a bit of profit, so that no one had to be fired. So the difference between Japanese and American companies is, yeah, American companies will lay off. Sure. Stuff to make it look like they've yeah. made money. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas yeah. in Japan, the high ranking people will take pay cuts to help the bottom line to make sounds, it look like they haven't lost money. Sounds a little bit communist to me. You know? It's not really well, embracing the spirit fair, of capitalism. I mean, okay, put it this way. As I said, I it it, it I tip my hat to Japanese CEOs who are literally making one to two million, going, Well, I'll knock myself down to a million. Sure. And we can put that million into keeping us off. And then you've got these fuckers in America who sure. make between 30 and 130 million. Sure. You're like, I can't even be like, yeah, sure, I don't need the 130. I'll just take the 50 mil this year. 
and put it in the bin. And I'm like, wow, that makes you look even fucking dog shit. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Because oh, again, I am pro. Uh, I think anyone's listening to the show. I am pro um, uh, capitalism, right? Like, I sure. I would definitely prefer capital. But at the same time, I do think you need to curb your greed, <laughs> right? Because if you no look, you you're welcome to make a lot of money, and I'm not saying that you can't be rich, but if your company or the company you're running is facing hard times, sure, sure. I do believe it's your responsibility to say, well, hang on, I'm the one that makes the most fucking money, mm. right? I'm making every year, I'm making 130 million or 50 million. I think I can afford to yeah, yeah. do no, the paper to help the company and help the, like, that's not communist. That's just like being a good boss or I, a good I, CEO, yeah. making sure that you keep your core company but they're so selfish they don't even fucking do that oh they don't care man no, no I, I i i'm i fucking hate the overpayments that go to them and really frankly half the time these guys don't even fucking know what product they're supposedly selling you know at that level like it's just mm. it's it's pathetic no I, I fucking fat cats man take them down to the square and maybe taking a bit of inspiration from the french revolution you know, that's yeah, what but, 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 but that's what I'm saying. Like, I think if times are good, okay, fine, whatever. Pay yourself whatever the fuck you want, right? Mm. Everyone's making money. You can make as much money as you want if, as long as times are good. But I think the moment times are bad, then you should be the first one to tighten your belt because you are literally yeah. the one where most of the money is going to. But you know that never happens. They 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 in America anyway. They slash fucking workers like they're going through forests. Um. James Gunn's Creature Commandos is a hard R. Oh, gee, how edgy. Jesus Christ. Oh, hard R cartoon. Oh, yeah, wow, 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 James Gunn. Yeah, like, <laughs> I love the way that's reported. Like, we're supposed to be impressed. I'm, my, my eyes are fucking rolling out of my head, basically. Um, he also commented on Gardens of the Galaxy saying, I want to get your reaction to this, Rich. He was basically saying that one of the reasons Marvel's struggling. His supposed reason was an in-story reason that after the snap, you know, with Thanos, basically after Endgame, all the people that came back, well, basically the whole world, having seen 50% of the universe disintegrate, that mental trauma would be too much. And apparently, for that reason, all the films that are made in the wake of that are grappling with that fact. And I'm like, have you seen these movies? because a lot of them don't spend a lot of time grappling with that fact. Um, and he was saying, but Guardians is own thing, set out in space, blah, 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 long way from that action, and we got away with it and didn't have to deal with those things. I mean, I just think it sounds like bullshit, basically. Like a guy just making almost words up, you know, to fill a sentence. But where are you on that, Rich? Ah. Uh. I mean, it doesn't really matter. I mean, yeah. like... It's fictional. Yeah, Guardians of the Galaxy is a small fucking group. Yeah, like, what, the only two that, like, survived was Rocket and... Um, fuck. Um, but wouldn't they have faced the same fucking grappling as everyone else? Yeah, but what's the blue chick? Uh, Nebula. Nebula, yeah. Okay, so, one, Nebula doesn't fucking care. Like... She couldn't really give a shit, like, really about them. Like, she, yes, she grows to, like, like them. But, I mean, she's not that at that point yet. Uh, I think, yeah, Rocket would have been. But, again, it, that, 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 by the time you have the next movie, they're all back together. So, yeah. It, yeah, so they're probably this, but we just don't have to see it. It happened off screen because 
then movies don't cover it. Like, because you can't, you can't make a fucking Guardians of the Galaxy movie with just Nebula and Rocket. But also, you know what I mean? Isn't he like he's trying to explain away Marvel's failures? I don't think that's the reason that the, the movies have failed. I don't. I, there are reasons, but I don't think the grappling with the snap is why movies like Ms. Marvel bombed. You know. So no, uh, the reason that the movies are bombing is because. You came. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, yeah. Like, I'm sorry, that the snap, um, the, the Thanos, that culmination, that was that was your orgasm. Like and now what we're getting is just lip dick shit. Like I mean like <laughs> the only way I can sort of describe it is like if everyone's kind of had that moment, you've you've gone on this roller coaster, you've hit the peak, like you've hit sure. the like that, that super high. Yeah. And you've now come down from that high, but nothing's going to... Like, I'm sorry. I honestly believe that there is nothing that Marvel will do now that will that will hit that high again. Oh, I think it's uh, possible, uh, maybe. No, but No, because the thing is, that was like lightning in a bottle, man. Because yeah. one, they didn't super plan it, yeah. right? It was kind of like this kind of thing they were trying, and yeah. then it kind of built... And then they were like, hey, shit, we've got something going here. Yeah. And then they started, like, sort of building from that and all that. And then it all just just came together in this big fucking two-parter finale. Yeah. And, yes, I'm not saying you can't still keep having, like, sort of individual movies. You know what I mean? You're going to have your... Mm. What, what, but I just don't don't think that you're going to hit that, mm. that high again. Like, mm. yeah, you're going to have some moments and you're going to have some movies that do well and stuff, but, but you're not going to, nothing's going to culminate into that big high as, as you had then. Like, it was just like, it was just, just too many perfect things happened. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Like, mm. for you, that yeah. I just don't think you can replicate. I don't believe you can, not on that scale. I agree, actually, with you there. I think they'll probably go reasonably close, like two thirds of the way there, but I'm not sure they'll ever hit that summit again. You know, no, like yeah, one character or maybe like one movie will just like hit this thing and it'll make a lot of money. But yeah, a whole combination of all these movies building. No, yeah. I think that was a one and that that's a one in a lifetime fucking thing. And yeah. I just don't think it's going to get repeated. Now, I want to get your reaction to this. Ridley Scott is directing a BGS movie. We all know I love the BGS. Uh, the script is from Gladiator scribe John Logan. Uh, Barry Gibb is executive producing the only surviving BG. Um Rich, I'm really hoping they just use the BG music rather than have some guy sing, because I think the BGs is such a beautiful band, you know. Oh yeah, yeah, my dad loves the BGs. Love um, big fan of that. Um, I love the BGs so much. Yeah, I mean, unless they can get someone who can literally do it, yeah, just have them have them, you know, the um, lip sync or whatever. You know, get this: uh, out of all the concerts I've ever been to, best concert, Barry Gibb, ever that I've seen. And okay. I'm and although I love the Bee Gees, I probably would say I liked the Bee Gees and then I saw Barry Gibb and he was incredible. Like he was and this was probably four, four years ago. So he was old and he was incredible. Such a great show. Like really good. To the point where I was like I came out wow. Like every song just bang 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 the whole and he played songs from the 60s, 70s, 80s. You know, he really, every song you would want to hear, basically from the Bee Gees, it felt like he, he just, it just flowed so perfectly, you know? Incredibly, incredible performance from a guy who was probably close to 80, you know? Wow, that is impressive. 
Yeah, it was it was really good. We really we all we went with um another couple. We all loved it, you know. And and I and I've always liked the BGs. Don't get me wrong, but my my appreciation. I'd love to like them. Yeah, my appreciation went to another level after that. Now, um, the elephant in the room, the Madame Web reviews are in. <laughs> wow. Um, I'd be bombarding you with that fucking all you, week. <laughs> I, I'm going to make this comment. I find Sydney Sweeney so fucking hot. I don't care. Man, she's in my dreams. I'm closing my eyes and I'm seeing her. And she's wearing less and less. You know? That's that's what's happening, man. Um, so, for me, they're pitching this directly into that part of the brain that is pure sexual attraction. Uh, okay. Uh, oh, just, just one thing. Okay. Forget about your fucking <laughs> lusty dreams. <laughs> have, you, what, have, you, have you listened to any of the reviews? Oh, a couple, yeah. They're just slamming it like nothing else. So, but, but you know that the mm. – you don't care about spoilers, right? No, I don't care about spoilers, no. Okay. So you do know that the only time you see them in costume and they have powers is in the guy's dream. What? When he dreams about them kidding. They literally have no powers or anything in the whole movie. I did not know that, no. Mm. Okay, don't tell me any more spoilers because I, I, I want to see this film. Like, okay. Well, I just, I'm warning you with that because that's a big fucking – Yeah, that's huge. Like, they make it that. feel like these girls have all got powers and I shit. Thought, I thought everyone had powers and was like, you got a car and you got a car. Movie, the whole movie, these girls do not have any powers. Really? I thought they yeah. were flipping around like little spider women old movie. It's just in a dream. <laughs> I, I'm having a few dreams about it too. Yeah. That's just in a vision, bro. Like, that's it. So they've okay. the, the, the trailers and the marketing for this have been super deceptive. What about... What about um... What about... Um... And someone has said that all the action that you pretty much see in the trailer is all the action there is in the whole movie. What about Ezekiel? Is he in it? Who? Ezekiel. He's the baddie, even though he's not a baddie in the comics. He's a baddie in the movie, or at least he was in the trailer. Oh, yeah, and this, as I've said, the only the, the, the only action you've already seen in the trailer. Okay, all right. So, yeah, it's getting slammed. It's getting absolutely slammed. Well, I, sent you, I sent you uh, two pictures today where it's actually it's, it's worse than Morbius. <laughs> and, which you predicted. And I, <laughs> I saw a guy on YouTube who basically said, look, he loves it when he goes to see a movie that everybody hates, but he finds redeeming things in, and you feel like you've seen something special. He goes, unfortunately, this is not the case here. He said this is – he was paraphrasing someone else who said this is the kind of movie made by executives – who don't even like movies, let alone the comics that these movies are supposedly adapting. And all these people care about is generating product that they want to just basically just pump out, thinking they've got the fans who they have complete contempt for in the palm of their hand. And yeah. I, I, I'll actually say this. I don't even think it's that. I think this is a tax write-off. Yeah, right. I think this is just they needed to do something, otherwise they'd lose money or something. Mm. Like, they needed to write off something or, like, have something done to not lose. You know what I mean? Like, mm. rather lose rather lose 50 million here than 100 million in taxes. You know what I mean? Like, I think this is some sort of, like, write-off. This is did some you, sort of loophole write-off. I, did you hear, forget about spoilers for a second, but did you hear anything about Sydney Sweeney? Like, is there a lot of scenes with her sort of not wearing much, that kind of stuff? No. There's no sense like that. Sorry, buddy. Oh, fuck. Um, she is hot as fuck. I was having a conversation in tennis today, and the guy was like, he loves that chick so much. He was like, she's great. I'm like, yep. 
So, I mean, it's got that going for it. Um, it I, 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 they're just trying to sell on I, sex appeal. Yeah, I saw a fantastic... You know, remember how, like, the meme from uh, Morbius was, it's Morbin time? It's Morbin time, yeah. Well, someone made a thing for Madam Web said, Madam Web, it's flopping time. <laughs> <laughs> now, apparently, Madam Web got... Uh, her ass kicked by Bob Marley, One Love, which I should <laughs> say. Which is also not fantastically reviewed. <laughs> what is it, a Bob Marley biopic or something, is it? Something like that, yeah. God. We're which deep. I think only had like maybe 44%. Yeah, Bob brought it in. So it's still not a great movie, but still deeper than this 14% schlop. Bob brought in, oh, this is just for Valentine's Day. He brought in $14 million compared to Madam Wade, $6 million. So that's only one day of okay. So we'll next week we'll have a or next we're having a week off actually, but next show we'll have a um, fuller report of Madam Web. I will have seen it by then. But still, it's kind of shocking that on Valentine's Day, a bunch of couples would much rather go watch Bob Marley than fucking. Dude, I I honestly am so surprised to hear that about the powers because I thought the whole point was all the Spider Girls were all flipping around in their suits. Uh, uh, sorry, so just going with that expectation, and hopefully, maybe you'll enjoy it a bit more now. Hmm. Did you see the dress that Dakota Johnson was wearing in the premiere? Oh, wowee. It was leaving nothing to the imagination. It was like a mesh thing. It was like full. Yeah, maybe she's hoping people talk about that and not the movie. Well, I've been fucking staring at that photo for a few days. Like, you see, Sweeney. You sent it to me, and then she was like, What the fuck is that? And I was like, It's Dave. <laughs> Well, I'm excited about it, man. I just can't get it out of my head. And when I saw that dress, I was just like, fuck me. This is, they're selling this on sex appeal and it's selling to me. You know what I mean? Like it's hitting me right where I want to be. But um, maybe the product's not quite as good and maybe they're just a bit desperate and they're sort of prostituting themselves out and trying to bring a few. Would like, it be funny that you're watching a movie that's literally like acting levels of like porn, but without the porn? <laughs> Yeah, that's the sad part. Um, I did say they should have started with a 12-minute lesbian scene. I said that originally. That would have been so much better, you know? Spiders, like, you know, mating, you know? Oh, oh wait, no, you said no more spoilers. No more. Mm. What are you going to... Is it something related to a lesbian scene? Because if so, you can share it. <laughs> I was going to say the, the little Easter egg in it is uh, Ben Parker. Okay. What well, is in it. So this, this is actually technically... Prequel. Even though it doesn't look like it, is actually set before Peter's even born. Really? Mm. Really? Mm. Wow, that's kind of interesting. But yet it doesn't look like it. Do, 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 do they visualize, <laughs> does Madame Web visualize Spider Man at the end or something? Mm. No. Uh, I don't think so. Okay, well. Well, I'm going to watch it because I'm excited. I don't give a fuck about the reviews, man. I, I like in my mind now, I've got two images. It's it's Dakota Johnson in that dress where you can almost I can literally see a pussy, and then um, <laughs> yeah, seriously, like I was, I, know, I, know. I was, I was, I was doing the thing where you know when you go into the camera shot like magnify, and, and you <laughs> you can't, but you it, it, seriously, it seriously goes very close to that, and that's great. Um, so there was that, and then there was Sydney Sweeney. So I've got those two images floating through my head just constantly on repeat, you know, and um, it's pretty good times. Um, now, anyway, uh, so basically, Rich, I think we can probably look look at uh, going to Weekly Comics, yeah? How do you feel about that? Well, I think so. I think we've had a lot of fun. I think it's time to give in the reviews. Give us the reviews. Now, first one up, Wolverine, Madripoor Knights, 
which is the Chris Claremont on the book again. And it's a sequel to uh, Uncanny X-Men, which I went back and read. And I did a little dance when I said that for some reason. Um, Captain America, <laughs> Black Widow, Jubilee, Wolverine. And this pretty much just picks the story up in Madripoor after that. I will say I really enjoyed it, but what do we think about the line where he says, I'll say this about Captain America, he sure knows how to make an entrance when he tunneled in through the thing. I'm like, Chris Claremont, I know you're old, but are you even trying when you say stuff like that? Like, that's one step away from we're not in Kansas anymore or, you know, roll out. Like, it's just, there's some dialogue that maybe should be cut on the floor, you know, such as, like, Captain America sure knows how to make an entrance when he comes in through the window. Um, I just feel that that's a little bit done and dusted. But overall, I really enjoyed the issue. It's fun. Like, I mean, it's it's old school kind of Wolverine, Chris Claremont. I enjoyed it. What did you think, Rich? Oh, uh, I hope what I say doesn't come across as, like, blasphemous or sacrilegious or whatever. But, mm. but it was fine. I didn't enjoy it that much. Um, it felt a little bit dated. Like... In a weird way, it felt like an older writer trying to write modern. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Like, even sometimes, like, the dialogue and the way the characters are interacting, I was like, ooh, this feels more like modern now, how characters interact. Sure. And then I actually I was like, oh, shit, this is actually written by, you know, because I went and I looked and Just I was like, like, oh, fuck, it's actually written by Chris Claremont. So I was like, oh, okay, I'm a little bit surprised there. Um, I enjoyed it, though. I, Hey, look, I've, 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 I fucking grew up you know, reading Chris Claremont and the X-Men and all that sort of shit. So, yeah. you know, I, I have a lot of this, which is why I was like, oh, fuck, shit, I feel bad now. Because I was like, I'm, I'm reading this guy, oh, what is this? This isn't very good. This is like trying, you know what I mean? I felt like this is someone trying to, like, capture the old mm. style, but is too modern. But again, but again, maybe he was also trying to make it more modern. I think um, he was trying to sort of bridge the two. Like, that's what I mean, like, maybe he was trying and maybe just he doesn't quite have that bridge, unfortunately. Maybe he should just stick to writing how he would write the characters. Although he did have the um, thought balloons and stuff, which you never see anymore. He had that kind of stuff going. Yeah, but that's, that's not all. But that's what I'm saying. There was someone to me like was trying... Like, I felt like it was an imitation. Yeah. No, I hear that. the older comics that we used to read. Um, and I read the, 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 the story that this spins out of, that Uncanny X-Men 268 or whatever it was, I, I read that before I read this because I'd never read that before, the one where he teams up with Black Widow and, and Captain America. And you can definitely see his style has slightly changed. Um, yeah. But, I mean, I, I look... I didn't hate it. I just didn't enjoy it as much as I'm going to surprise you. I'm giving it an eight. I think I enjoyed it quite a bit more than you, actually. I, I actually didn't mind it. Like, it's definitely old school, but I like it, that kind of stuff. You know what I mean? I, I must admit, yeah. I, I tend to. Look, I'm giving it an eight, but I know it's probably more of a seven, if you know what I mean. But, but well, for, for me, it was a 6.5. Like, it's yeah. not a terrible book, but I can't really rave about it. Sure. That's fine. Um,. It was, but it was, you know. Again, I, I, if I was really into comics, and I still might put it as part of my pool, mm. um, just because to it'd be interesting to see, you know, Wolverine, Patch, and Captain America. Well, and all that luckily sort of stuff, for you, know, you we're going to keep reviewing it, Rich. We're going to keep reviewing it because it's not like <laughs> so much fucking great stuff comes out. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I could do well. We'll get into the next fucking two books that was a waste of time. Well, then we had uh, Batman Off World two and three. I got to be honest. I thought it was a neat concept, and the art was fantastic. And I think if I was younger, 
I would really, really love it. Um, but for me, this Batman in space stuff, it's a bit like watered down, very watered down 2000 AD. And well, to me, it feels like someone had a sci-fi idea, yeah, but he's trying to sell it to you as a Batman story. It is kind of interesting that Batman would go into space at such a young age and all that. Like, th- that is interesting to me, you know? Mm-mm. The only good thing I can say about this is the art. The art's great, you know? I think. But there's just this, the, I don't know, this just feels like Batman porn. What do you mean by that? Just like... Oh, just fucking, you know, it's, it's one of these things that just like... He's just the fuck. Again, he's the best. He can fucking do anything. He just fucking shoots himself into space and just fucking dominates. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's like it's it's Batman porn. Yeah, yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, but like he he tells a pretty good story though. Like I I, I did feel like quite invested. Like it, it certainly is Bat God. Like I'm sorry. I've read my fair share of Batman. Batman in year one point five, which apparently is when this is by no means could have fought these massive aliens and beaten them all. Like, this is more like Bat God, Grant Morrison, JLA would be able to do this kind of thing. Batman in year 1.5 was not at the level where he could dominate. I mean, this guy's dominating massive hulking aliens just because he's trying. Yeah, because then it makes you go like, okay, well, hang on a second. This is so early in his career and he shot himself into fucking space Mm. and he's fighting and learning all these... Yeah. galactic martial arts and shit, he should be fucking untouchable when he comes back yeah. to Earth to take on the petty criminals and the and Joker exactly. and all that. He and should just decimate them. Meanwhile, he comes back to Earth and the penguins running rings around him, you know? And, and <laughs> so it's a bit weird. Oswald Cobblepot's just too hard to fucking manage. But, no, I agree. Like, in Grant Morrison's Batman, with where, where he literally was writing, he called him Bat God, that would make sense that he was doing this level yeah. of kind of kung fu fighting against his crazy aliens, but it's so early in his career. But that said, I enjoyed it. Like, I, 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 I'm very trepidatious about this because I'm not a big fan of Batman in space in general. I, I, I think this is an interesting one-off, and I, 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 I like the concept that he went into space and this, but it's a little bit too fantastical. But, but at the same time, the 2000 AD reader, Rich, you probably understand, is kind of enjoying it, if you know what I mean. Mm. Well, yeah, that's what I said. I, I'm really just going, oh, wow, this just feels like someone had an idea for a, a sci-fi story mm. and it was just like, fuck it, I'll use it in a bat- in you know, oh, yeah. if I'm going to do Batman, I'll just fucking use it in this Batman story. Like, I'll, it just, I'll just pump it, it out. It feels like a sci-fi thing that Batman's been tacked onto. Yeah, that's fair, man. That's fair, dude. Like... Anyway, so I'm giving them a seven point five out of ten. That's my. I can't give. Well, look, I'm, I'm I'm giving it a six, and that's only for the art. <laughs> yeah, fair enough, man. It's fair, man. It's fair. At the end of the day, you've got to call it like you see it, Rich, and that's what you're famous for. You know. Thank you. That's 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 why the punters turn up. They don't want Rich just giving you know mediocre scores. We want you giving it all the way through. Now. Then we had the Rogue Trooper Annual 1. What a mixed bag this fucking annual was. Mm. Jesus Christ. Like, it varied from classic Rogue Trooper to some decent Friday stories to some fucking awful Friday stories. Like, it was just like... There was no... There wasn't even a Rogue Trooper story. Yeah, well, yeah, that was also annoying to me. Um, I did like the story, though. I thought it was pretty funny. It was funny. I, I, overall really dug this Rogue Trooper annual because 
it was just so random. Like, they just sort of threw everything at the wall. They gave you, like, 14 different stories. Like, it was fun, you know? I, I said to you, actually, today, because uh, I actually only just finished reading it today. Mm. Um, normally, I finish my reading early. <laughs> but um, I said to you, this was a fantastic pick, because if anyone wants to say to you, like, oh, like, how come you don't enjoy... Or why did you stop reading Rogue Troop? Or you know, how come you fell off? This this annual is a fucking perfect book to give someone to show mm. them the difference because it is a mixture of the original Rogue Trooper with Helm and Bagman mm. and all that sort of stuff, and then also what I call the Nam yeah. um, uh, Rogue Trooper, where it's just him, and for some reason his fucking name is Friday. Like that's yeah. when I stopped reading. Yeah. Um, Rogue Trooper. When Rogue Trooper kind of became this like namified um sort of version and he didn't have, you know, the three uh chips. Well uh, that was a question and, I had. He didn't have the biochips, did he? No, of course remember they kind of wrote it off that he handed them to that chick and they were gonna regrow them or something like that. Remember it was at the end uh, of the bounty hunter uh, uh one that we were doing the talk you know, the one where he was uh teleporting in and, and Oh, Venus uh, Blue Jeans. Ass- ass- assassinating people and all so that? Venus Blue Jeans, yeah, the hit story. Yeah, that, that was the original Rogue yeah. Trooper, though. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but that was kind of like the end of it. Yes. And then they kind of relaunched it, sort of rebooted it into this sort of, yes. where they named him Friday. And I hate Friday. I, I like, fucking oh, hate Friday. Friday. I, hate, I hate that they called him fucking Friday. Oh, like, dude. I kinda, yeah. This is what I like about the original one, is they didn't have names. It was Rogue right? was his name. Well, no, 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 no. When they were just the, the army, yeah, they would, yeah. They just had like numbers. Yes, right. True. They yes. Were, they were just like numbers because they're not going to give them fucking names. It was only when they died and he was the last one that he, you know they called him Rogue because he's the last. And then he put the biochip gunner, gunner and gunner, and he put helm. I mean, helm became yeah, helm, helm because he was put into the helmet, and Bagman became Bagman because he was put into the you know the Backpack. the. The, the the what do we call it the satchel the backpack the, the backpack the, the carry thing on his back mm. you know and uh, gunner was called gunner was put into the gun so they kind of created their own identities because that's that that's all they who they were and you know they're going to call each other their name you know their numbers or whatever whatever sure. and I kind of like that through that they kind of named themselves do you know what I mean I, but this I, whole like I, Friday I, I, I more than liked it like, yeah I more than liked it I loved the original dude the original Rogue Trooper in all fairness, is fucking incredible. Like, yeah, I will agree. I will agree that after he kills the Trader General and he goes to the other planet, that it's hard to care because the the, the Trader General storyline took years and when they finally paid that off, it was kind of like, what now? I like the hit for what Mm. it is. I know the hit, I was reading the comic. I was reading the comic when the hit came on. And I dug it heavily. And I was also reading the comic when War Machine, which was the Dave Gibbons storyline with Will Simpson on art, debuted. And it was incredibly popular because it was basically like the origin of the GIs. And it was it was really interesting, you know. But then, after that, they did Cinnabar, which is a fantastic Rogue Trooper story with Steve Dillonart of the original Rogue Trooper, then they did Friday, uh, you know, spinning out a war machine. And let me tell you, as a reader at the time, Friday was always like that 
sort of like trying to make fetch happen. You know, he was like he was like that guy that turned up in that early Simpsons episode just all of a sudden, and I was just trying to make sure he was part of the family all along. And they mm. they they really I don't know why, but Rogue Trooper was like. You had Judge Red, who was the number one, and you had Strontium Dog, who was the number two. Rogue Trooper was and was kind of like right there with Strontium Dog. He was like, he was consistent. He was loved by the fans. Like 2000 AD readers loved Rogue Trooper. So I never understood why they chose to sort of just, it was almost like pussify him and make him lame. And like they always seemed so, like, they, and they stuck with it for years. Like, you couldn't get... It was almost like, wow, remember Rogue Trooper? He's like an inferior fucking version, even to the way he had Friday on his helmet. Used to annoy the fuck out of me. Mm. You know, like, just to... It was like the (laughs) ultimate insult. You know what I mean? Like, so close to Rogue Trooper, but not Rogue Trooper. Um, Interesting, though, Michael Fleischer, who I really respect as a writer, who wrote a lot of Ghost Rider, wrote a ton of Conan and a lot of Jonah Hex, uh, apparently was super unfamiliar with Rogue Trooper, like, as in, like, did not know the character at all. He, David Michelini was talking on his Facebook page, they were were good friends, and he reached out to David Michelini for help in just, in generating sci-fi ideas, because he wasn't a sci-fi writer. You know, he primarily did westerns and sort mm-hmm. of horror, and my, David Michelini helped him out. Um, I just don't think he was the perfect fit. It happens. You know, people get on books and they're just not. You know what I mean? But dude, they stuck with him for but, a while. I mean, sometimes they also, but sometimes they also do that because they're like, oh, "Look, we've got to take it in a new direction. Mm. So let's get someone who might come in with different ideas or like, yeah, is not." you know, um, embedded in that and so that maybe they can look at it with different eyes or, yeah. you know, fresher stuff. It doesn't always work, but that is a tactic that you can try. But, man, did I... I, I enjoyed the stories that were the classic oh, Rogue. Totally, like, yeah. the, the favourite one in this was um, when they are fighting the the, the Nords that look like um, uh, Romans. Yeah, that's a great story. And um, they, they've been attacked by, like, these vine things that, mm-hmm. like, feed on like human blood and stuff and all that and at this point these the the the, the nord like general whatever he was still sort of claiming that they were honorable and they didn't yes. take part in like the yes. massacre and blah blah yeah. blah and so rogue escapes because the things don't want his blood but then when he like hears the scream he's like i'm gonna go back and help and like helm bagman gunner yeah. they're like we're not fucking helping them they whatever and they're like fine i'll do it myself and he leaves them like he takes them off and fucking yeah. leaves them and, and then he comes back and he's there's only the general and then he came out and he's like, oh, you fucking idiot. Yeah. We fucking hate you. We are scum and all that. And stuff and all that. And I was like, forget about it, but I like the interaction between him and the others. You know That's what I mean? Right. Yeah. I like that they're not just like one big happy fucking unit. Like, they fight amongst each other. Totally. They're not willing to do it. Again, Gunner's in the fucking gun. So unless he takes him out of the fucking gun, mm. if Gunner doesn't do something, he won't fire the gun. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you know what I mean? Bagman won't give him shit from the bag if they're like sulking or whatever and i just kind of when it's friday and i, as no. I, said, I always call him the nam trooper mm. it just it just misses that when he's just thinking to himself and all oh, that and you're like so dude lame. i fucking miss the three fucking guys man and maybe it'd be cool if he'd be like if you could write it that he he keeps talking like they're there mm. yeah but as you said like he's not familiar with it so you know he doesn't know that relationship between him and the the three chips and shit and all that, like, but man, Rogue Trooper with the three chips, mm. he's just 
way more entertaining and oh, fun dude, to read the, than, the, the, than the, the Friday one. The biochips are, are so much fun, and they got so many good stories out of them. Like I, I love. <laughs> I've always loved that story. I like. I like pretty much all of the original Rogue Trooper stuff, but. That story where Rogue is blinded and he puts the biochips in the wrong slots. Yeah. I always loved that story. That was one of my favourites. One of my good friends um, from back in the day, Darren, he loved Rogue Trooper. And I remember he used to say he loved that story. I also remember a really good story where Gunner kind of goes a bit psychotic. <laughs> and he's like, yeah. Gunner, Gunner sort of like develops a... Um, it's kind of a, He was always the most aggressive one, but... He starts going a bit mental and just mowing down people like left, right, and centre. <laughs> it's kind of funny. The other thing I like is as well, it's so unashamedly a war story. Like, it's proper, you know, kill or be killed. Like, it's gritty. Rogue Trooper, honestly, is kind of a pretty nice guy underneath. Always was. Um, but he's, mm. he's not a softy, but he is, he is actually a pretty decent guy. Um, but I love it when he's like synth out, like to the like the banter between the chips is a big part of the appeal. Um, everything that Rogue Trooper, also just the Rogue the Friday stories are not written well. Like you can't tell me that storyline at the end with with the artwork within the circus is good. It's just like what the no, fuck? No, that just felt like a fucking uh, Judge Red issue. Yeah, starring Rogue Trooper, and mm. it just it, it felt there's a really you want a really bad story. Like, there's a storyline where Friday crosses over with Judge Dredd, and I wish I could say it's done well. It's done so poorly, Rich. It's just done... It's mm. it's done so poorly that you wish it hadn't happened. Because the idea that Rogue Trooper and Dredd could team up or something, you know, it's a decent idea. You could get a good writer and artist, and you could do a good team-up, you know, storyline. It's possible. Like, it would require some finagling and, you know, story-wise, but... They could have done it. They no, do. You need some sort of fucking time warp or exactly, but you know, tr a trans-dimensional fucking rift or something exactly. like that, and yeah. one of them comes over. Oh, it's dude, it's, it's it's done so badly though. It's just it's 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 you read it and you're like, oh, that's that's embarrassing, you know. <laughs> like, but it, again, it was a pure marketing thing because they 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 pumped it and they were like, road troopers crossing over with Judge Red. Why they do that and then don't bother to do a decent story? Because it's like, you know, you could have done it and it would have been a decent story. Like, you know, but it was going, the comic was going through a real lull where the only thing that was getting punters turning up in any way was dread. Like, the comic lost a lot of direction by the mid-90s. Like, a lot of direction. Like, it was rudderless, you know? And they got very desperate and, yeah, they... And unfortunately... Uh, the, the rogue trooper that people would want to cross over with Dread is rogue, not Friday, you know? Um, mm. And, yeah, they eventually kill Friday off, but it took them ages. It, they, 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 I don't know why, they stuck with that concept for years and years and years, and it never really took off, you know? Mm. It's, it's almost interesting that they were sort of actually quite stubborn about it. Like, they're like, no, you will like Friday. We are, you know, and... He was always like the red-headed stepchild of the bunch, you know. No, it is. Uh, it's, it's yeah. It's it's one of the things where I think a lot of people will remember Rogue Trooper more. But yeah, he hasn't had like the longevity and great 
consistent um, stories like your dread and all that sort of stuff. You know what I mean? Back back in the back in the early eighties to mid eighties, he did, but after that, not. When you're talking about like the New Earth and all that sort of shit and the Trader General, yes, that that was like that's your peak. Right? Yeah. But after that, yeah, it was kind of aimless, kind of just drifted and didn't really like nothing really memorable. Honestly, surprise, surprise. when the new owners came in, they did wreck on the stories and got rid of Friday and, and brought mm. Rogue back. And Garth Ennis is writing him now, and he said him... What do you think of this? Garth Ennis sent him to World War One. Um, yeah, I read that. It's, mm, it's I kind know. of... I wouldn't mind reading that whole thing. Because no, I, I've only, I read one issue of it. Yeah. And it was a bit weird. I wasn't sure, but then I thought to myself, but you know what? I've kind of come in the middle. Yeah. Maybe... Maybe I need to read it as like a complete. We can do the collection when it comes out. It yeah. will, we'll, we'll do yeah. the collection. I might need to read it because as a complete thing, it might be good. But kind of just jumping in, sure, like halfway through or something with uh, one issue, it uh, might be just be like, mm, I don't quite know or get it. But yeah, we'll no, we'll 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 do it as um as a as a full trade when it's put together because I think it'd be quite interesting because I'd like to do a bit more two thousand AD. Yeah, look, this this annual. It's a hell of a lot of fun. It's also got some really good backstory of Rogue Trooper, like as in the publication mm-hmm. history and stuff. Look, honestly, do yourself a favour and hunt down a copy of this. It's available online. If you like 2000 AD, I think you'd, I think you'd just find it interesting. And look, honestly, you can kind of skip the Friday shit because it's pretty shit mostly, you know, like... Uh, I do encourage people to read it just for, again, this is a fantastic book to get the side-by-side, the comparison, exactly. to actually compare. Hey, here's two versions of the same character, mm. and you can see how they changed and how different, and just, yeah, how fundamentally it reads differently Definitely. when you when you make when you make this kind of massive change to the character and, and how he operates. I always some found people it... might like it uh, more, and some people might, you know, be more in line with us and go, yeah, yeah, the original one's better. But it's a great, it's a great way to see it in one book. Yeah, the difference. I still have a distaste when I see that fucking helmet with Friday on it. It always annoyed <laughs> me. Like I honestly yeah. felt if they didn't do that, it was easier to just sort of pretend it was the real Rogue Trooper. Like, but they had but to. Like I said I hate the Nam version as well because I just I love the iconic look of just the helmet, mm. the backpack, and the pants. Oh, he's so that, much that, better is the original, like his look with the yeah, mohawk. It's just so iconic. This Nam look, it's so generically Nam, you know, yeah. vest, yeah. pants. I know, I know. Kind of regular. Like, it's just so fucking, gen- it's painfully generic. Yeah, I think as well, the simplistic look of the original, the cleaner look is just so much better, mm. you know? But anyway, um, I do want to mention, I did find it really interesting in the early or you know storylines, the Norts are super much the bad guys and uh, very much the Nazis. And they, I mean, they very closely model themselves on that. And th- that actually shifts and changes a bit as the story goes on. It becomes a bit more grey, but it takes some mm. time. At first, they're full on like Nazi clones. It's like the Norts are bad, Southers are good. Uh, and Rogue is like the ultimate good guy who got betrayed. And they do change it a bit as it goes on. It's actually um, quite a lot. I'm getting old. Seriously, it must be close to 20 years ago now. They put out all the... um, They reissued all the Rogue Trooper storylines from the very beginning, which I had not read all of them because not all of them had been collected. I'd I'd read a lot of them, but um, they put them all out like in a series. Uh, Mm -hmm. They went right up until... um, 
right up until literally just before Friday. So the entire storyline of the original Rogue. Reading it uh, from the beginning, my God, it was entertaining. You know what I mean? And, I, like, I'd read a lot of the stories over the years, you know, because 2008 did reprint a lot in the monthly, but it's brilliant. Like, it really is brilliant is the only word I can use to describe it. And mm. they then re-released it again in a series of four New, New Earth books, which cover all the storylines, including Cinnabar. So you can get them all. They're act, they're pretty easily available. And I swear to God, they are better than most comics we do on this show. Seriously. Mm. You know? Like, the original run... It, look, you'll find a couple of storylines in the very tail end where it's lost track. But that's a lot of material to get through. There's a... They're very good stories, and in general, all black and white. You know. Okay. Oh um, yeah. Oh god, yeah. I love the black and white of. So you, could, yeah, I, I, Rich, I would recommend them to you. I've got the copies digitally if you want them, but you would you would love them. You would love them because it tells the one story. Jeremy Finley Day writes most of it, and the artists, uh, you know, Dave Gibbons. Um, Cam Kennedy, one of my favourite artists, um, Brett Ewens, you know, like, good artists, you know, like, Steve Dillon, I mean, God, he does a good Rogue Trooper, you know? Mm. Yeah, he's a great character, Rogue Trooper. Um, Friday sucks, but Rogue Trooper rocks. You know? <laughs> Which is basically the consensus of everyone who's fucking read the comic. Like, I've never met someone who goes, you know who was really good? Friday. Wowee. He put the original to shame. <laughs> like, it was more like, uh, and also Friday, I remember from the early nineties, had they like, had stories that went on forever. Like it was like twelve parter, and of course you're reading a weekly comic, so twelve weeks of just Fridays, like endless story that just would just it would just go on and on and on and on, not interesting, but like you were sort of obliged to read it. You're like, oh god, I've paid for this comic, I'm going to read this and try to find some worth it because. You know, when you're on a tight budget and you're buying these books, you want to make the most out of it. You know, like in general, I love my 2000 AD. I read every story. It, if, it would have to be something I hated for it for me not to read it. You know what I mean? I would like mm. I would read a mediocre 2000 AD story because I'm like I paid for the comic. I want to read them all. Like you know. But Friday, I remember I would slog through it trying to, oh, it's kind of almost as good as Road Trooper. He's getting a bit better. You tell yourself all these little lies, you know? Well, yeah, because, yeah, you, you, you had so much fun with the original one that you can't, you want to love this one too. Exactly. You want to enjoy it. And so, yeah, you, you convince yourself, like, exactly. you know, it's just as good. Yes. <laughs> it's still Road Trooper. It's getting there. You know, but inside you're like, I hate my life. Uh, <laughs> But no, this, this annual is a hell of a lot of fun. And it's done in that typical 2000 way where they just throw so much shit at the fucking wall. Like, it's just hilarious. Mm. Like, they're just like, have this, have this, have this. Have some stories that have nothing to do with Rogue Trooper as well. Like, you know, of course. Of course you want them. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm giving it uh, a 7.5 out of 10 because Friday has dragged it down from what would have been an 8.5. <laughs> I'll, I'll look. I'll give it an eight, just yeah. because um, the the original one is so tight. It's so good that even Friday can't like knock it down too. I've got a question. Did you read the text story? Because I was too lazy to. Uh, read half of it, but then it, it's about Friday, so I was like, I don't uh, actually care. So. Yeah, I was like, sorry, uh, sorry, John Smith. 
Uh, you made the, the, well, the yeah. I started reading because they were talking about like how they came to the decision to change it and blah, and the history, blah blah blah. Oh, and then good. it kind of went into the story, like it, yeah. it kind of went into it. So I just kept reading, and then I went, "Oh wait, oh, actually, this is yeah Friday yeah. top." I was like, yeah, "I don't care." I'm yeah, yeah, Friday <laughs> top. Fuck. Like, you know, something that I thought there was one thing that I thought was interesting. In one of the Michael Fleischer storylines, he was saying we were all clones, we didn't have minds of our own, and he had them all, the computer screens, getting kind of brainwashed. Mm-hmm. I thought that was interesting. And another thing that I thought as I was reading it was Rogue Trooper never, in the original Rogue Trooper, he never, you never saw the Quartz Zone Massacre. I mean, you heard it referenced a lot, like every mm-hmm. fucking, but you, they never took you back to it, whereas that was what War Machine was. War Machine... The original storyline of Friday, and I don't even know if he was called Friday in the original storyline, it showed the Court Zone Massacre. It was actually a pretty strong start, and then it got really crap. Like, this, the very next story was just, like, shit. But mm. I, I I almost wonder if in these, if it would be interesting to see the original Rogue Trooper do a storyline of the Court Zone Massacre, you know, and, and, and like, the whole... The whole thing, like do like a year one, you know, and but do it as the original Rogue Trooper, you know, and well, so- yeah, that's right. Yeah, I, you could. I would have loved to have seen a bit more prequels of him and um, the other three, maybe you know, before they got their names and some of the yeah. campaigns and sort of missions that they kind of went on um, before you got to that. I mean, that could definitely have been interesting. I think. I think it'd be worth watching. All right, um, look, we've come to the end of another show. Um, now, Rich Rich has moving duties. We're going to take a week off next week. A well-deserved week off for you, Rich. Um, when we come back, we're coming back. We do have an interview that I'm going to put out next week, so you will have content, guys. Um, Bob Bodiansky interview, I'm putting that out there. I've been holding it back. Uh, I'll be putting that out there then. Um, Rich, when you come back, we're going to do the Street Fighter G.I. Joe crossover. Um, is that cool with you? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting, yeah, interesting. I, I think it'd be fun, you know. Um, but next week is a week off. So, look, if you have any recommendations for, you know, books and stuff you'd like us to do, message me. You can just message me on Facebook or message the show, Signal of Doom, or just message me, David Finn, legend, God. Um, make sure you get the right guy. Um, and you forgot Emperor. Exactly, God Emperor of June. And signal. Um, I you know, I'm you, thinking more Caesar, but okay. <laughs> no, Caesar, yes, the ultimate. Um, and I'm just thinking of David Crockett playing that fucking mini violin. You know, the soul of America. That's what it felt like, man. As the sun was rising <laughs> or setting, I wasn't sure if it was rising or setting, but either way, and he was just playing a tune. And I was like Billy Popper thought of knocking that out of the park. You know, simple, Bob. simple David from Missouri. He could get over that wall. But Davy Crockett, everyone's eyes are on him. I was like, wow, that's acting. That's fucking acting. <laughs> oh, I've been really annoying Michelle because I keep quoting a song. No. Oh, yeah, I keep quoting a song. I go, they met up with a knife fighter and gambler named Jim Bowie. It's uh, from Johnny Cash when he's doing the Alamo. He's like, <laughs> they met up with a knife fighter and gambler named Jim Probably Bowie. She's not loving that. And I go, Davy Crockett, king of the wild frontier. And she hates it so much. She goes, are you going to stop singing Davy Crockett? Davy Crockett, king of the wild and you're, frontier. And you were like, eventually. Yeah, maybe, eventually, yeah, when I die. Um, yeah, 
man, I, it's just too good to be true. Now, we are members of the collective. Um, a lot of good shows on there. Inner Demons with uh, Brian Biggie. You've got uh, Ghost Spider Groupies. You've got Into the Night with Ray. You've got Capes and Lunatics uh, with Phil and Lilith. And Ray and I come on for our Spider-Man shows, our Spider, Scarlet Spider shows. <clears throat> you've got oh, plenty of other things. Oh, my God, there's too much to mention. You've got Last Sons of Krypton with Connor. Now, I do want to mention again, if you can support the show on Patreon, it is much appreciated. Patreon.com slash Signal of Doom. Um, I've pretty much said my piece, my address to the nation, um, my address to the galaxy, really. Much like Batman, I'm, I'm roving into the galaxy now. I, I, um, I, I honestly don't see a world where Batman one, year 1.5 could beat those aliens, it, it, the really big ones, you know, that were like... short time frame. No. It's bullshit, man. Like, Catwoman was fucking whipping him up. You know what I mean? Like, and tangling him up and shit. Like, meanwhile, fucking the Predator's like easy prey. You know, he's like, Predator, fuck Predator. I'll, I'll fight him without... You I'll know, conquer the whole fucking galaxy. I feel like it. Well, when he brought that wolf in, like, mm. and I was just like, oh, of course. Like, also, like, I love how supposedly he's injured... But, like, he's not injured. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. it's like he comes in and his suit's all slashed up. But other than that, the wolf hasn't done a thing to him. You know? It's yeah. Like, Such thing as blood loss in, in space. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, Rich, any final comments for the listeners? Can no, do with that, no, no, man. I'm on autopilot at the moment. Love it. I've, I've been on autopilot for 20 years. It's not too bad. I'm going to go to bed tonight just dreaming about that dress that Dakota Johnson was wearing. Do, do you like the way? Do you like the way I, I actually like tried to magnify? Like I was like, I was like, I can. I, yeah, I was like, I was like, I was like, can I see a pussy? It's, I almost feel I can. And then it was like, it's like, no, I can't. Like I was like, I'm just dreaming. Yeah, I am. Yeah, that dress is quite shocking. It's great. It's fucking great. It's probably better than the movie. You know. Probably. <laughs> It's the movie's probably got just as many plot holes as that dress did, you know. <laughs> All right. On that note, I want to say thank you and good night. Good night. Great show, Rich. We just killed it. Yeah.